everybody. This is Live Rounds, episode 17. Uh, hope you guys like that intro. It was really dope. And it was brought to you by Jay Herbert um, from, uh, sorry, I messed up the, the name, but it's under the link down at the bottom. And it's um, For the Win Productions. And uh, he did it out of the Kytos' heart. It was really dope. Really appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, we got a lot to talk about, Stephen. Yeah, and thank you, Jay Hebert, for uh, for doing that, man. Like, awesome intro. I was getting hyped. Like, I was going to, like, <laughs> go get, like, something else to, like, drink to get ready for the show. I, always, I usually have, like, a backup drink here on my desk for me so I don't have to move around. But I, like, I was watching it, and I was like, all right, hell yeah. Like, this, that's what's up. So I'm very I'm very happy with that intro. Uh, awesome stuff. And, yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, pretty, pretty chill day for the most part. Gonna talk some pro wrestling here tonight, and then I got my big day of Dave and Buster's tomorrow and uh, AEW yeah. as per yeah. usual. So yeah, it's like Wednesday's your your day, right? It's my That's favorite day. It's the best. Yeah, yeah. Outside of like you know maybe some Sundays and Saturday. I mean Sundays now with football, like that's the day now NFL. But like yeah, and you know I'm still gonna ride for my Vikings. Tough. We both had tough losses this week. Yeah, but, we did. Uh, yeah, we did. So. Yeah. You didn't put yourself through that uh, torture of NXT, but for me, like pro wrestling fans have officially been kicked out of the WWE. Like that was the end of that era. Um, it is now very much uh, sports entertainment and so many new faces, so many uh, different vibes like even match quality didn't seem like it was really an emphasis they didn't really care um you know the the title match wasn't even the main event they went to commercial break during the title match so they didn't really even care if it got like good amount of time or not it just it was uh it was really it was really telling where they're headed and like not only that like you advertise Kyle O'Reilly you advertise um, even LA Knight, like to me, it made no sense for LA Knight to be in the main event because he lost to Scott Steiner's son, who the WWE didn't even want to acknowledge, or not Scott Steiner, Rick Steiner, who the WWE didn't even want to acknowledge that that was a Steiner, but yet they have him out in the, like the singlet that that Rick would wear. Like it, it just was like, tell me you're a Steiner without actually saying you're a Steiner. You know what I mean? And uh, and then with Kyle O'Reilly, you know, we've seen that guy go through hell. We've seen him take all types of sick bumps and he gets attacked in the back, you know, like four rib shots and he can't continue and he doesn't get a title shot. And it's like, to me, it's like, why would you take him out? Like, I honestly kind of feel like he might get released. Like it, it just kind of felt like he has no place there anymore. And um, I, I think the next couple of weeks is going to be very interesting, but it was very clear to me that like the new faces are what matters and all these old guys don't. So to me, having Ciampa won the title made no sense to me whatsoever. Like that, that was baffling. I'm like, we're in a new direction. Why would you, why would you give that to Ciampa? So I, I don't know, but honestly, from the bottom of my heart, it made me sad. It made me sad because NXT was something that, really showed the WWE audience what professional wrestling really was. It really shined a light on how great so many of these guys were. And a lot of WWE fans fell in love with professional wrestling. And it's like, 
because AEW came about, because AEW did professional wrestling better than NXT, they killed it. And they and they wanted to make you know that they killed it. And not only that, I feel like they kind of wanted to send a message that like you don't belong here anymore. Take your smart mark ass out of here and go over there. That's how it felt. Yeah, so as you said, I, d- I didn't watch the show. I tuned in right as Champa was winning the NXT title. Um, yeah, the O'Reilly stuff's interesting. Champa winning is interesting. All for all for the wrong reasons. But like with Champa, I'm assuming was just an assumption, you know. And I, I I see conflicting stuff about you know Samoa Joe's injury and all that because I know he relinquished the title and that's what led to this. Yeah. But my assumption is Samoa Joe is like legitimately hurt or not cleared for whatever reason and they were just like well who's like the closest thing we got to joe's status here it's like champa all right we'll just do like exactly whatever we were going to do with samoa joe we're going to do with champa it's all going to lead to the same place either way it's all going to lead to some i mean i don't know who that other who like that random guy was in the in the title match tonight but like he looked more like a wwe raw type guy though like right away to me like that uh that vaughn something yep. Wagner Vaughn yeah. something like that yeah yeah and I mean and yeah it's, it's all that kind of you know with Kyle I I'd assume I mean once again I don't know but I'd assume he'd want out because like he sees what all of his friends are doing elsewhere mm-hmm. um same with Gargano probably but that's gonna you know, really you know that uh Adam Cole said something it was really shocking he said that him and Kyle haven't like been in this separate company since 2007 yeah which is true i mean it's wild like roh new japan nxt yeah um but yeah i mean because a part of me thinks that this is going to lead to my once again there's a lot of assumptions and i don't follow nxt weekly i just watch takeovers at this point and that's it but don't worry those days are over it it all seemed like it was leading to kyle o'reilly eventually getting that title so like yep. I, I was assuming Kyle was going to beat Joe for it at some point. So now maybe Kyle beats Tommaso for it, but then you're still kind of in the same spot where it's like, then then does it have to be Kyle is going to be the one that has to lose? I, to like I'm someone? telling, I, I'm telling you, Stephen, if you watch that show, there is no future for Kyle. There is no future for any of those guys. Like they're they're moving on. I've been saying that for like. Oh why? Yeah, I mean, this, once again, this isn't. They're surprising. making it known now, though. Yeah, like before, yeah. it was kind of like you know, still there, and like Kyle, like Kyle at the beginning cuts a promo, basically saying that like this is the end of my 16 year journey of me getting the title. I finally am going to reach my goal and all this stuff, and then like they take him out in the back, and like nothing happens. And I, like I said, I would not be surprised one bit. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but I would not be surprised one bit if he gets released over the weekend. That's the way it felt, like they're done with him. Well, and also, when you look at this and, like, what they're doing with the whole brand, you know, when, I, I never wish – you know, it's pretty clear. I don't want, want people to, like, lose their jobs and stuff, but, like, there's no way that 205 Live is going to last more than, like, a handful of more weeks or months. And same with NXT UK. Like, if, if, if this is what they're going to do to NXT – like, imagine what the, the people in charge think about 205 Live and NXT UK. Like, this is how you you feel about yeah. NXT. Like, yeah. I mean, when I watch – because I watch 205 Live and NXT UK because I review them for Fightful. So those are the only two WWE shows I watch weekly. Usually good wrestling shows. But when you watch it, it's like 205 Live now is usually 
a women's match, which like they never had women on the show prior to like two weeks ago. Not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying like they're changing the show clearly. And then there was guys like Odyssey Jones and and Josh Briggs and uh, Joe Gacy and stuff wrestling, and they're all in two hundred five live now. None of them are two hundred five pounds or less. Uh, they're so it, it's it's like this brand that has literally no purpose whatsoever outside of like. We don't think you're good enough to be on like NXT right now, but we want you not just sitting in the performance center. So we're just going to make you have these matches that no one's going to pay attention to on Hulu. So it's yeah. like, you know, so it's, it's all, you know, it's all in the, just going the direction that we talk about every single week. It's just going more and more that way. Kids for kids for kids. So. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, it, it's just it's very clear where they're heading. And like another thing too that they were doing is like they were piping in fan noise even though there was a crowd. Oh, so sure. like they were oh, they were definitely like forever. Yeah, yeah. They're de- like if it's a heel, then we need to really get the heel heat boo and stuff. It's just all fake. It's all like it, it just it came across just so WWE. It felt like watching Raw with no stars. That's what it felt like. Like stuff that didn't make sense. Stuff that's just like, why, what, what are we doing? You know, and like so many new faces and I don't remember any of them. I couldn't tell you their names. I don't know. Nobody really stood out. Like it was just, it was just a big mess. And I, I feel bad because I mean, these are kids that want to be a WWE superstar. This is their dream. Right. But like, they're going to get a lot of backlash for something that they have nothing to do with. You know what I mean? Like they're signing with the company, but like that their people are not going to be happy with this direction. Yeah. But, but the wrestlers that would be concerned about something like that are, how do I say this? The most of who's going to be successful in NXT going forward. I think most of them are going to be wrestling fans to some degree. Like, you know, there's going to be a lot of like just athletes and stuff that maybe weren't like lifelong fans. But I, when you see kind of who's coming up, uh, you know, with NXT right now, I think that they're like, they're just in this, they're in this weird spot where like most of them, they would not do well outside of that system. Some of these people. So it's like, so it's like, you couldn't just take like Odyssey Jones and like put him on AEW because he get eaten alive by the yeah. AEW crowd because he's just not to that level yet, but he can be right. like really successful in NXT who it's really boxing out are like the Garganos and Champas of the world. Cause they're just in a complete no in Kyle. They're just in a complete no man's land. So like they're either going to have to leave the company, whether it's their decision or the company's decision, or they're going to have to move to raw or SmackDown where they know the future does not look good for them. I mean, there was reports that they were going to, change Adam Cole's name and make him like Keith Lee's manager or something like that. Yep. Like, I yep. mean, that's good luck, Johnny Gargano. Like good luck. If, if that, yeah, like, exactly. I mean, that, that'll be him. Like if they couldn't get out. It'll be, it'll be him. Like, and, and, and the thing is too, is like, how do you look at like a Leo rush? Right. And you look at Adam Cole and you're like, he could be our like new Leo rush for Keith Lee. Like this, yeah. this is completely different levels here. Like, Leo's great in the ring, don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying, like, as an overall performer, like, Adam Cole is way here. And so, like, and not only that, he was the face of NXT. What kind of message would that send if you took the face of NXT and you made him a manager? Dude, doesn't matter because they take the face of NXT and have loose to Jeff Hardy in a, two minutes. I, I mean, like, it just doesn't, there, there, there's, there's just no connect there. I think the WWE, it's, it's like the do drop stuff. It's like they, they just, they don't, 
they in Vincent Man's mind, like NXT and WWE are not connected in any way, any way, shape, or form outside of that's where he's like pulling people from. But he's there's no. I mean, I it's, think it's it all, is now though. Well, I no, no, no yeah, now. right. But 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 it, it's all it's all just gonna change a lot. Like the expectations that people have out of NXT just need to be the correct expectations going forward. Like don't tune into it. Like think about this. Think about the feeling you, if you're like a hardcore NXT fan, like I was in the crowd uh, live in new Orleans for Gargano and Champa. Yeah. You know, that was Amazing. like, and that's like peak them, right? Like it's not going to get better than that between the two of them. Yep. If they had that match happen right now in this NXT, just think about it from a fan perspective. If you're, if you're like a real hardcore fan, like really holding out hope for NXT, Imagine the how like hyped you were then and what you saw then versus what you might see next with them. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be two completely different worlds and two yep. completely different quality of matches and stories and everything. So it's yep. like just just see the writing on the wall and, and and hey listen, enjoy it for what it is if you're if you want to accept it for what it is. Like if you want to see legitimate developing of talent like people who aren't very good right now that might wind up being molded into something the WWE can use on raw or smackdown go into it with that perspective because that's what it is now it is not a super indie it's not a place for independent talent or great wrestlers to go and from now on the, the only upside that it'll provide any wrestlers potentially is i think there's a higher likelihood now if you're really good on the indies or in any other company and they hire you, you'll probably just go right to Raw or SmackDown. Like they, yep. you, you won't do the NXT thing anymore. And then you'll have to either sink or swim, but at least you're going to be getting main roster money and be on television in front of millions of people and not hidden away at the performance center. So Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, like, let's say that they sign someone like, let's say, Okada, right? I think yeah. Okada goes straight to the main roster. Has to, has to. Yeah. Because what are you going to do? Have Okada wrestle... Uh, Ridge Holland or whatever. I mean, like, here. <laughs> yep, I agree. Um, we got some super chats, so always appreciated. Dirty with the super chat. Thank you so much, man. Always supporting the channel. Um, should Brian Danielson start doing the yes chance in AEW? So from what I understand, he legally might not be able to. And so he's, like, kind of on the fence about that, which is funny because he's, like, you know, like this. Like, yeah. he, he doesn't really know what he can do. I kind of think but, it's silly. I think he should be able to. But in like in like he took it from Diego Sanchez. So like, could the UFC be like, wait, like he there? They could hit him and Dan and Tony have a good relationship. That was a problem. Dana could probably be like, yo, we were doing that on our TV before you were. Like we never came after. Yeah, him. you know what I mean. It was Diego Sanchez's thing. Um, I know for a fact that he embraces it. Like he likes that the crowd does it. So it's not like he's like just trying to kill the yes chan. He's definitely not. But I don't know if he like can do that or if he's just doing it out of respect for his old company. Like I, I don't I don't know. But um yeah. should he if he can? I, absolutely. I mean, it's super over. And that's the thing too, is it's like these are the same fans that were there at WrestleMania when he won the title. Like these are the same type of fans that are at AEW. That's, that's what people need to understand is it's not like he's just some rogue fans. No, these are where the diehard fans that made the trips to WrestleMania weekend and all that. Those are the AEW fans now. Yeah. hundred percent. And those are the fans that are getting kicked to the curb by NXT now that were diehard 
um, pro wrestling fans. I mean, you went to, we were both in New Orleans at the same time. I just chose to go to Cody and Kenny and, and you went to NXT takeover. Um, but, but both shows were incredible. And there were times where, you know, I definitely almost regretted not going to, uh, not going to NXT because it was so good. Um, I was just so involved in that Cody Kenny storyline. I, I wanted to see it. And, you know, plus, that that day, I know a lot of people that like went to that ROH, did the meet and greet because if you had a ticket, you were in there for the meet and greet, no matter if you just had nosebleeds. And then they went straight to NXT, so they just did it to like meet the Bullet Club, and then they went to NXT. Yeah, yeah that that show in New Orleans was pretty sick, though. I'm glad I oh it was fantastic. Yeah, they were both. Uh, that was the one with the the ladder match that opened the show for the North American title. Yep. Yeah, yep. it was really good stuff. Really oh, good yeah. stuff. Um, Mike Jones says the way that I line up with Big E on the graphic looks fun. that's funny. I I look like I'm like in his. You want the title, Stephen? Is that what it is? Do you, do you need me to give you the title? No, I'd rather not be involved <laughs> with the WWE. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. All right, we got one more super chat. Mm. Vincent Valentine, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you supporting the channel. Um, thoughts on Johnny Gorgano DIY possibly coming to AEW? I mean, look, here's the thing. I'm torn on Johnny because, like, I think people forgot how good he was. Like, like right now he's this terrible heel and it's cheesy and whatever. But, like, dude, he was, like, up there, like, wrestler of the year at some point when it was the Chompa Fuse, when he was facing Adam Cole and all that stuff. And I just don't know. Because to me, Tony seems like a guy that's like, if I like you, I will make room for you. And, and I know that Johnny has been close with a lot of the indie guys too, right? Because he was on the indie scene forever. Yeah. So I'm, I'm torn with him. Uh, I mean, I think DIY versus the Young Bucks would be sick. So, like, I can't say that I don't want to see him in there. But, like, to me, if, like, Buddy Murphy didn't go to AEW, um, which doesn't look like it looks like he's, he's heading to Impact, Buddy Matthews now, um, I think Gargano's next best spot is impact in, in my opinion. So I, but I'm not closing the door on Johnny going to AEW. Like I think Johnny's a really good wrestler and I think that he could definitely find a spot there. Like, like to me, like Gargano versus orange Cassidy would be sick. Like there's a lot of really cool matchups for him. Well, I mean, he's got a history with Ethan page. Uh, he's got a history yeah. with, uh, there was someone else on the tip of my tongue that he had wrestled uh, from the evolved days. Um, but yeah, my Johnny, Johnny is a really, really damn good in-ring wrestler, but I don't know. I mean, I think Tony Khan is going to definitely have interest for sure, especially because he'll have like his big whiteboard of like dream matches. He could like put him in there with, but it would just depend on like, it would, you know, would I want to see him on AEW's roster? Yes. But, like, I don't know where on the card I would necessarily want to see him, depending on who wouldn't have that spot. Like, I, like Johnny, I know this sounds like a like a gigantic diss, but, like, Johnny Gargano would, like, I'd love to see him kill it on, like, AEW Dark. I know that sounds like a total diss, but, like, <laughs> I'd like to see him just wrestle, like, indie guys on Dark. Like, I, yeah. I don't even – because him as a character to me, I've always thought Johnny Gargano is, like, really, really cheesy – um, he he lost me in NXT after a while. Like once his stories became more, his matches started becoming more about like 
looking lovingly into his opponent's eyes and like reaching for their hands and like it became like love stories instead of like matches. It was weird. It really, it really felt like Shawn Michaels like big time, working big time. And they made him a doofus. They had him like lose a last man standing match by like running off the entrance ramp himself, and so it was like so goofy. Um, yeah. So. And like I in with the Champa, I feel I I like Champa more than I like Gargano overall. But he's also up there in age, and he's been so injured for yep. all these years. And it's just like I just don't know how much you can invest in that. Like I once again, these are guys that I'd like to see have really good matches in AEW, but like not at the expense of like Hangman or Kenny or Brian or Punk. Or, right. You know the, the endless list of of Jungle Boy and Darby and all these guys that like mocks Jericho. Even I mean like. It's just it's I, ridiculous. Yeah, like I just don't know how they fit in when it comes to that. But they can come in and have really, really good matches. Like that that's yeah. un- undoubtable. So well, and it's like I kind of think Tony needs to also like do the um, you know, the way like they just did Nick Gage. Like he just came in, he wrestled Jericho, and then like he bounced. And like I think it'd be cool just like let's say Ciampa and Gargano both go to impact, but DIY shows up for one night to face the young bucks on dynamite. Like, I think yeah, that would be nice. sweet. Yeah. I don't you know, know what I mean. Yeah. No problem with that at all. That'd be awesome. But it's also like, you have a huge roster that wants TV and you don't necessarily want to give it to people outside the roster, but it's also about like the forbidden door and making things exciting. And so, you know, I, I don't know. I did think though, you know, like I, I, as a wrestling fan, enjoy always having fresh stuff. But, like, if you were a casual viewer, right, and you, like, saw Malachi Black or MJF or whoever, right, and, like, you were like, wow, I really like that guy. I'm going to tune in next week to see him. And then it's like you don't see him for three weeks, a month. Like, that can kind of impact whether you're going to continue to watch or not. You know what I mean? So I, I think that's an issue, too. Yeah, I think it potentially could be. Uh, I mean, I mean, personally, I like that they spread it out the way they do with like having guys not there every week. But there's also going to be people that complain about not seeing their favorite wrestlers every week. It's kind of like with me with the WWE, I have like the opposite uh, perspective than I do with AEW. Because like, if if Roman Reigns was on Raw, I'd be much more likely to watch Raw. So I'd yeah. want him on Raw. And so, so, if I, so if I was WWE, I, I would just not have a brand split and Roman Reigns would be on both shows because he's like the yeah. only draw you have. So like, um, but when well, it comes that's, to AEW, that's thing. they're not in that position. They're, they're building a whole group of people versus just one person. So, Well, that's my thing. Like, in my opinion, if WWE really wants to like, I don't know, let's say go for the jugular, right? Like really try to attack AEW, you kill the brand split right off the bat. And then, like, I feel, I feel like that there's that that pop culture stuff is really going to try. That's what their goal is. They're trying to make themselves go viral. They're trying to make them look relevant, but it has nothing to do with pro wrestling, right? And but it will get a lot of attention. It will get put on Sports Center, and it will get put on like Nickelodeon stuff, Nickelodeon, um, wherever. Jim like Right. <laughs> but there also is going to be part of it is, like I said, like your Nicki Minaj's, your your Jake, your Logan Paul's, your your people like that, that they're still trying to um, – Cardi B, I meant. But you're still trying to get 
all groups, Bad Bunny. You're still trying to get all ages, and I feel like that's what they're going to be doing. I'm like, like someone like a, a Gable Stevenson, right? Like he's he's a guy to me that they're going to definitely try to push more, like as a mainstream guy. Um, but man, did you listen to that aerial interview with Gable Stevenson? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but but just real quickly, how funny you do you watch The Office, the show? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, like, do you remember the basketball episode? Like, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm just I'm just like waiting for like Gable Stevenson to like come out there, and he winds up being like Stanley, like trying to dribble the basketball. It's like we're all expecting like this dude to come out and be like the savior for wrestling. And he comes and he's out terrible. Just sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's terrible. I mean, like, there's a lot. He's a very interesting character because, like, first of all, he represents, like, one of the first athletes to come in from college and get paid. Yeah, so, which I think is awesome. I love No, that. it's amazing. And yeah. you know what? I, it, he really had a, a good point that it's like this is going to allow a lot of players not to go to the pros early because they want to stay in college. And so now they can stay in college and make money instead yeah. of just leaving college and, and getting paid. He said there's no cap, so he can get paid as much as a company's willing to offer him. Well, the big like, loophole, right, is that, like, because it was the UFC, that's a sport, and he couldn't do that, but because WWE is entertainment, that's the loophole. I, I, I'm not sure about that because because college players can now get paid, I, so I, I don't, I don't I, know, I, but I, they're a sponsor. I, I saw something about how, WWE, a big reason why they pulled the trigger now on him is because yeah. he wants to wrestle one more year for Minnesota. And if he wrestles one more year in Minnesota, he can't fight in the UFC simultaneously, but he could wrestle for the WWE simultaneously. That's interesting. Yeah, so that, that really opens the door for WWE to, to really get a lot of guys if they wanted to. I'd advertise the hell out of that if I was the WWE. I'd say, hey, you yeah. got one more year left in college and you want to still compete? Hey, we'll sign you a year left and we're going to pay you. Yep. We're going to pay you. You go off, win your national championship, we're going to endorse you. We're going to put your lo- our logo on like all your social media stuff or whatever. Like We're going get, to like, get you out there so that the second but here's you graduate – Here's the thing, though. They might just be creating UFC stars, though, because, like, a lot of people could take that Brock route where it's like you get your name out there and then you can go and and go to the UFC. And once your contract's up, then they're in a bidding war. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think most people, if given the opportunity to make the same amount of money, a lot of them would, would take the WWE because they don't have to deal with actually like fighting people if they didn't want to. Like there's only going to be so many people like Brock Lesnar that really successfully cross over. Like, but I do think there's a lot of them that really like enjoy the real competition. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? So I think that that part will be a void. But it'll be interesting. One thing that blew me away, though, he can't say WWE. He says WWE oh, over and over again. That's the way he pronounced it. He was talking to Aaron like 15 times. I, I signed with the WWE. 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 I was like, man, you do that to Vince, and he's going to be like, excuse me? So, well, Luckily for him, Heyman will do all the talking for him once he's on TV. Right. Yeah. Right. No, he's uh, he's definitely going to – and, and he, he pretty much hinted that he's going straight to the main roster – so th- there's your whole idea of a developmental superstar that's not 
But one thing I found interesting, they're going to send people over to the University of Minnesota to train him, like, there. I love that, because you know it's going to be, like, you know, Brock's going to be around here and there, uh, Shelton Benjamin, those dudes. Like, they're going to have good um, – yeah, that's that's interesting. And, and Stevenson's the kind of guy, like, you – he can't do NXT first. Like you have to just go all in with him. And it's, uh, that's like, it's going to be those extreme sink or swim type situation we've seen in a long time where like, you have to push the guy similar to Kurt Angle. Like the guy's a gold medalist legitimately. Like you can immediately sell him as a guy who these people cannot pin to beat for three seconds. Like, and I, I would love to see them really like if and this also of course is pending, like ho- him being ready and being good in the ring enough to do all this and stuff. But like, if they really put the machine behind him and like they had him and Brock as a stable, like with Heyman and he like to learn under Brock and like angle even came back as like his manager or something like the two medalists, uh, gold medalists and everything. Like if you really put like a little, like am like a killer, like amateur wrestling group, like this unstoppable group around him. That could be kind of cool if they did something like that. Um, yeah. But knowing them, what they're going to wind up doing is going to come out and be like, USA, USA, uh, USA. And people are going to start booing him, and he's going to be supposed to be a heel, and then they're going to pipe in the cheers, and then uh, we'll see what happens. So I think I think he's, he's going to be like Brock's successor because Brock believes in him. So I think Brock will job out and pass the torch to him, and then that will really put him over. That's probably the the move that'll wind up happening. I mean, they're training partners. Like, if, if Rock's gonna do it for any, I mean, we've seen him do the job, you know, for like Drew and for Goldberg in recent years and stuff. But like, and Seth Rollins, but like to see, I'd like to see someone come out and just like out wrestle Brock Lesnar, not just like hit him with, yeah. like, you know, kicks and stuff, like. If Steve, if him and Brock had like a Put him on Suplex City, yeah, yeah, like, uh, yeah, exactly. That'd be sick. Like, like he he reverses Suplex City and starts suplexing yep. Brock all over the place. And the next thing you know, Brock got this look on his face, like, what is happening right there? there there's a better right. version of me out there. And then he, and then he, if his contract's up he should like literally be like, I'm scared of this guy. I'm out of here. Like put him over to that level. Like, like right. admit you're afraid of this guy and that's why you're leaving. Like really put him over. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with all that. <laughs> that's going to be a long, a long time play out for the next few years. It's on very him. interesting though. Like Ariel is getting like, you know, he's always about the exclusives of MMA and now he's getting like exclusive WWE stuff. And it's just a, it's a, it's a weird dynamic, but it's cool. Yeah, he's talking a lot about wrestling lately. Oh yeah, of course he is. Um, Frankie, Mister E, Mister Eagles fan, always appreciate it. Frankie, it's like Eagles for real. Devontae's the next AB. Jordan Mulata is the next Trent Williams. I mean, I, I thought the Eagles looked pretty impressive against the Falcons. I'm not sold that the Falcons are that good, so I I, I don't know. Um, to do I think. If you looked at my Twitter before the season even started, I said that I thought the Eagles were going to be pretty good. There were people that were like saying, like, oh, the Eagles are going to suck, they're going to be terrible. I just didn't see it. Like, they have pretty good defense. Um, their offensive line is good. Um, they drafted what looked like the by far the best wide receiver in college football in Devontae. So, like, I thought that they were going to be a problem, and that's what they look like they're going to be. So, but at the end of the day, I think Dak is better. Um, 
than Hurts, and I think that uh, overall skill position, we're just better. And I think that the Cowboys are better than the Eagles, and we're gonna we're gonna win the division. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Football rules. The only thing that I, that I really have to say about the Eagles is like they beat the Vikings a few years ago to go to the Super Bowl. That really stung because it was in Minnesota, the Super Bowl was in Minnesota, and that was after the Minneapolis miracle and all that. But I am a humongous Always Sunny in Philadelphia fan. It's my favorite show ever, and uh, they're big Eagles fans. So there you go. I mean, I hate the Eagles very much, so so it is what it is. I want to beat them, but of course. I. I don't I don't agree with like a team that you hate just being like, oh, they suck. Like you've got to give credit where they're due. And if you're nervous to face them, if you think that they're a threat, you gotta say it. To me, they play the 49ers this week. So that's gonna be pretty telling of how good they are or not. So and then we have them the next week on Monday Night Football in Dallas. So we'll see what us we'll see what's up. There you go. Sean was a super chat. Thank you, Sean. I really appreciate it. Um, how do you guys see Malachi versus Cody rematch differentiating itself from the last match? Um, I don't know. I mean, to me, if you're running this back, you, Cody's kind of got to win or at least come close or something. Or, or if he loses, it really takes him to a different direction and puts him over the edge. Like, I don't know. I just don't see Cody coming back and getting his ass kicked. Yeah, I think it's going to be closer this time, but I think Cody loses again. I think they're really trying to really establish Malachi. And then maybe that's Cody's kind of, he starts kind of transitioning back towards this whole elite and bullet club stuff. Cause like he's got to get involved in that. And so to some degree, he's too important to that whole group and everything. Well, it's like, what's weird. going did on? Did you watch BTE? Not yet. Not the newest one yet. So watch the intro. Like, because okay. basically, like, Adam Cole is acting like he's just been gone four years. And he's like, so we're not the Bullet Club anymore? And, like, we don't do this anymore? And he's like, well, I'm going to go get a drink with Hangman. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then, like, he's like, well, why don't you skin Eric's drink instead? And he grabs a monster and he just kind of looks at it. like, And then he get, takes a bang drink. But, like... They were like talking about like this isn't. And then they brought up Cody, and they're like, "Yeah, he's not with us anymore." Like, just next, like, they didn't really talk about him much. So, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be interesting. That was fun. I, I saw the one the week before where he was like looking for Super Dragon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, so I mean it's the same thing, but but it kind of seems like they might actually have Adam meet. Um, Adam talk to Hangman, and then Hangman's gonna like fill the him in that like Kenny killed him, and then like that's gonna be like wait a minute what you know so like I, I don't know because Kenny's already hinting that like Cole better not get in my way like I'm the man here the reason that he got out of here is because he tried to take my spot so like I don't know I I think it's great that they're together but I just don't know how long it's gonna last. Yeah, and I like that. I don't know where it's headed because it's going to wind up being good regardless. So, uh, well, the great thing was is we never got it. Right, we never got Omega and Cole. It was just cut short because Cole signed with the WWE. And they said the thing with Marty replacing him, pretty much. Yeah, they kind of don't want to acknowledge that anymore. Well, of course not. But I'm just saying for the people who might not know what we're talking oh, about, like that it was an amazing yeah. moment. Yeah, like I loved that, and the crowd popped huge. Kenny was viewed so differently back then. Like he was like, uh, 
the way I could describe him was kind of like how Vanderlei Silva was viewed in pride. Yeah. Like he was just like a, a god. Like people looked at him like this like unnatural being. And like whenever he would show up, it was like the greatest thing ever. Now they've gotten used to him. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good comparison. Vanderlei Silva beat up a lot of cans. No, but oh, for sure. But but one hundred percent universally, people believed he was the best two hundred five er in the world. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially if you ask like the sure dog forms, like back in like two thousand five. Oh, by far. Yeah, <laughs> but back then, that's really what it was run by. Is just oh, yeah. like the MMA underground sheer dog forms. There was no TV. There was no. There was pay per view at like midnight or whatever, and like that was it. Like you and, wouldn't get anything else, and it was yeah. sometimes on one week delay. But yeah. one thing that, that was good about beating up a can was the highlight reel was just yeah. vicious. Yeah. And so people didn't look into who he faced. They just saw him absolutely murder people. Yeah. Oh, I, I remember, man. At MMA, MMA Weekly was also one of those websites. I used to, like, look at the rankings and all that stuff. It was, it's so wild when you think about that. When, like, we used to log on, and it would be like, the ranks would be like Shogun, Vanderlei, Chuck Liddell, Dan Henderson, like like all these guys. Like they're not around anymore, but like most of them not around anymore. But um, yeah, but yeah, sure. man, good stuff. Another super chat, Michael with the super chat. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate all these super chats. Definitely helps us out, helps the channel out, and uh, you know we do this for you guys as well. Like, yes, I enjoy this, but I definitely feel like we've built kind of a community here and uh, I always enjoy, I always look forward to these. This is not something that I dread at all. I really love talking to you guys. Same. Um, how long do you guys think it will be until we see Omega versus Cole? So I think it'd be interesting and kind of what I would maybe like to see here if I'm going to do like a fantasy booking thing, if Omega refuses to face Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, that's going to take me a while to get used to. I'm sorry. But if he refuses to face him, then I think Brian Danielson should have to face Cole. And if Brian Danielson beats Cole, he gets Kenny. And then that really starts the tension, too, with Kenny and Cole, because then it's like you drop the ball. I wouldn't even have to be in this position if you would have won your match. You know what I mean? And then that kind of really starts something there. Plus, I think it'd be a really good match. We have seen on SmackDown before. Um, and it was really good. So, like, I think this will be an awesome match. I'm pretty sure Adam Cole won that also. He did. He yeah. Did. Um, that was, like, the SmackDown whenever, like, they couldn't get, like, most of their roster there or whatever, right? I think it was more like to, it could have been that or it was, like, a build-up to Survivor Series where NXT was really starting to get, like, huge momentum and they really put those guys over. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember the timeline, but it was like a one-off thing. He just like came in, beat Daniel Bryan, and that was like pretty much. Anyways, to answer the question, Michael, I think we'll definitely get it at some point. I just don't know when. Like, I guess there's always a chance too that Adam Cole could like defect. Here's the thing: I think we could get some defections between the Bullet Club and the Elite too throughout this yep. process. Um, and Jay White being the leader of the Bullet Club. Like that's that's awesome, but like Adam Cole is still a bigger star than you know what I mean. Like to like most of the fan base, I think most of the fan base knows Adam Cole over the over Jay White. So like it would be a really big defection to have Adam Cole go over to to the Bullet Club and almost kind of like even things out. Um, 
We'll see though. There's going to be so much cool stuff going on with all that. Like I, I have full faith in Tony Khan and everybody involved that like they have some, they, they definitely have some good plans for all that. And, and Adam Culver's versus Kenny Omega for sure going to happen. I, I think it'll be a while though. I don't think we're going to get it later. Yeah. Next. yeah. I don't think it's going to be, but I like your idea. I'd say though. six, I'd say six months to a year. That's yeah. where I'm kind of leaning towards. Yeah. But we'll see. Like, I just don't know how long they actually plan on doing this whole elite thing. I feel like once Kenny loses the title, the elite is kind of done. I think Kenny's going to separate, but I don't know. Maybe he'll be like, like the bitter champion or something and not be like, uh, he'll, he'll just, uh, still be a heel, but he'll, he'll not have the title. I don't know. I think I saw something today or yesterday about, uh, I think it was AEW just uh, filed for the trademark for the term super click. Yeah. So to me, that sounds like a Mount Rushmore to me. Right. Like, yeah, I think, I think, good. I think super click could be Cole, Young Bucks, and Steen whenever Steen comes over. That would be interesting. And then if Kenny is out of that group, like, does he form his own group to face that group? Or does th- he go on his own way? Well, I think AEW, I think most of the, and I, and I like this, by the way, this isn't a knock on them. Yeah. I, I like that they've kind of went the New Japan kind of route or even the kind of the, the late 90s, like Gang Wars slash like NWO, even like WCW, right? You had like the different, you had the Wolf Pack, the NWO, you had the Four Horsemen, you had Raven's Flock, you had, there was like a lot of stuff going on. Um, right. so I'd, I'd like to see, I'd like to see pretty much everybody affiliated with some group or another, um, to some degree. So I think Kenny should have some sort of group around him, even if it's just a couple people. I mean, him and the good brothers could stick together and, and do their own thing or, you know, there's plenty of, yeah, I'm sure he'll bring on a protege at some point that he'll try to like turn into the next Kenny at some point and stuff. Like there's a lot, I think, I think about this, Kenny Omega, for all we know, the guy could wrestle another decade. For all we know, you know, what I mean, there's gonna be so yeah. much stuff they're gonna be doing. Um, I, I worry about Kenny though, because he he physically, you know, like he yeah. was in bad shape. They said, and he was even contemplating retirement. And I I I hope because you know, at the end of the day, those New Japan years take a lot yeah. off of your career. Yeah, and uh, man, there's so much left for Kenny. I really don't want to see him go. And I'm honestly, like him. I really. Yeah, that has to happen. And they could be I a really, group in AEW to like to our point I, about like I, that, that could be it right I, there. Well, and here's my thing too, right? If things still look dark in Japan, right? Like at what point does Abushi start to say, like, this this was my dream, but it didn't really work out. And I'm watching everything happen here in AEW, and I think I might be happier over there instead. Like I, I think that that could happen. So you know, because Kenny even said if he asked Abushi, Abushi would have left. He wouldn't have wanted to leave, but he would have left for him. And so, like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, the Abushi thing is is tough too, because like, you would think now this isn't good business technically on New Japan's side, but you would think that kind of on like, kind of just like a like a realistic level, like or a uh, a reasonable level, I should say, like. Abushi had the opportunity to leave and he stayed and like, I, you know, he, he did give you a few more really good years there or the best years he could give you given all the yeah. circumstances of the last couple of years. 
But like, if he goes to New Japan and wants out, like, if I'm New Japan, once again, like, it's bad business just to like let him do that. But like, there's got to be something like they got, that's got to count for something that the dude did choose you and he did stick it out with you for these years. But things have just changed so much in those few years that like, you know, I I just don't. New, but New Japan's its own whole other issue, which you know we don't have to get into. They're, they're in a weird way, and the G one's yeah. about to start this weekend, and like I have no buzz for them. Like, no I, buzz. They're just no ice buzz. cold right now. It's it's like Kenny said, your your company's ice cold right now, and he wasn't lying. Like they are, but. You know, they are filming those New Japan Strong episodes. They are about to have the G1. Hopefully things start to pick up. Maybe by January they can have some AEW guys at Wrestle Kingdom. Like, we'll kind of see if anything starts to pick up. I think if they can – is are they, are they doing the G1 in Japan? Yeah. I have no idea what the travel looks like, but, like, the the best thing for like everyone involved would be Brian Danielson in the G one. Well, yeah, it's not. Happening, but yeah. I know, but I'm just saying, like that's the kind of thing that New Japan would need. It would be something yep. like that, and it's something that yep. I know the wrestler himself, Daniel Bryan, would want to do. So it's like that's the kind of stuff. Like the New Japan, given the circumstances, at the very least at least they've been open to the talent exchanges with AEW. So at least they're keeping guys like Suzuki and, and Kojima and Tanahashi and these guys out there. Like they need to send Tomohiro Ishii. They need to send him for Miro. Like that would, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, do that. Definitely. That um, is a, that is a match I really want to see. I got to send Osprey. Of course your boy. Oh my God. Like, yes. I mean, like there's, there's gotta to be me, to me, a, a, Brian Danielson will Osprey Wrestle Kingdom match seems like that could happen. Like I think that I think that's possible. a possibility. I think it's possible for Punk and and uh uh I keep I want to say Zach Saber Jr. Although I do want to see Zach Saber Jr. wrestle in AEW too. Um but Osprey, Osprey and uh and Punk. Well what I if we okay how Wrestle Kingdom be CM Punk and Osprey and Brian Danielson versus Zach Saber Jr. Oh yeah, sold at Wrestle Kingdom. I mean sold. that that's that's stay up till three o'clock in the morning type type Tom, stuff right there. Tommy here at Ishii versus Eddie Kingston. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, okay, I gotta respond to this. Frankie already gave a super chat, so I'll give him I'll respond to this too. He says our defense is way better than the Cowboys shut down Ridley and Pitts. That's fine, but I mean I don't know if you saw, but we did cause four turnovers. So our defense has definitely improved. And um at the end of the day, we have better wide receivers. We have a better quarterback, and uh, I just think we're better. We're better. Um, you might have a, you, you, I think you have a better kicker, <laughs> and I think that uh, you might have a better offensive line for now because Lale decided to get suspended. But other than that, um, I don't think you're better than us in, in anything. So uh, I'm ready. I'm ready in a couple of weeks. I think we're going to win. Well, there you go. School Vikings. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> This is my can't, wait for ha- can't wait for Halloween, uh, Stephen. Oh, that's us. That's right. I like that. I like that uh, Riggs is a Cowboys fan. I saw that on Twitter. I was like, okay, oh, big time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I see him post about the, the Cowboys all the time. Yeah, he complimented me on my Minnesota yeah. Vikings. Following me on Twitter, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. In the last couple of days, the Vikings and Andrew Yang have followed me on Twitter. Two of my two of my faves. Andrew so. Yang, really? Andrew wow. Yang, the, the only politician I like. Andrew Yang. <laughs> 
I heard he's actually considering starting a third party, which I think is a really good idea because I feel like a lot of people don't feel like they fit. But yeah. the problem to me is Andrew is not not the guy to lead that, in my opinion. He's it'd be very ambitious. I'd like to see him do it. You know, it probably won't work, but like at least there's somebody out there saying stuff that I kind of agree with out there in politics. Like I stay so far out of politics. I, I don't like I don't like politics. I don't I don't like politics. Especially now. It's awful. Yeah. I don't like any of it, but like he's the only guy that I've I've watched in recent memory that I've been like, you know what, this guy seems at least kind of relatable and he's talking about some things that I think are actually pretty important, like that no one seems to really be talking about. So that's all it is, you know. But that that said, um no politics talk on here, but No, no, but that's cool. We we gotta follow from Andrew Yang. Reason that it's actually cool is because he's a wrestling fan. So, like, maybe one day I'll interview him or something about wrestling. We won't even talk about politics. We'll talk about pro wrestling and MMA. So, yeah, that would be very cool. Very cool. Um, and not just about labor movements either. Like, actually, just as a fan. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Like, we're just talking about how good AEW is. That's, that's right. That. Well, that that's what like the only time I heard him talk about pro wrestling. It was like I'm going after you know. Uh, Vince McMahon and put him under the Muhammad Ali Act, and I'm gonna, you know, make sure that there's a labor union for pro wrestlers. And I'm like, ah, what do you like? You know, yeah. <laughs> you like New Japan? Do you like AEW? Like, talk about that. That's what uh, I really dirty, yeah. right? Dirty with another super chat. Thank you so much, Dirty. Um, would you like to see Ricochet in AEW? I mean, absolutely, absolutely. And I think that you, you, if he's if he ever becomes available, you make room for Ricochet because. Like the the stuff, like a Dante Martin versus Ricochet, Phoenix versus Ricochet. You could do Will Ospreay and Ricochet run that back. Like there's just so many options for him. Um, you know, my thing is, in my opinion, I think Ricochet stays until he gets released. If he doesn't get released, he'll be in the WWE till he retires. In my opinion, I don't think that he's like. He seems like a guy that's somewhat happy just being there that he, he worked his butt off and, and now he can kind of just chill. He would like to be used, but if not, he's, he's making good money and he's happy. So that definitely whatever. seems to be the vibe. This is what it is. Uh, he, yeah, I'd have a lot of good matches. Of course. Yeah. I, but I honestly feel kind of similar about him as I do about Johnny Gargano. Like I think Ricochet is a lot more entertaining in the ring. Like you do a lot cooler stuff, but you kind of just almost alluded to it. AEW has got, like, if I had my choice right now between, like, Dante Martin and Ricochet, like, long-term especially, I'm going Dante. Like, they're, like if I have my, my option between Ricochet and Will Ospreay, I'm going Will Ospreay. Like, I, I just think Young Bucks or Ricochet, I'm taking Young Bucks. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's guys with similar styles to what Ricochet does that I think are I'll, – I'll be honest. Like, I think it's very similar to Gargano. I think Ricochet is cheesy. I don't think he's – like particularly entertaining or funny outside of the ring. I think in the ring, you can do a lot of really cool stuff, but I don't need to see him in like a main event program in AEW. I don't, I just really don't care that much. Um, but but Will think- Ospreay, I think has personality and can do all the same. Oh. Stuff well, listen, I love Will Ospreay. No, no, he's, I know, but, uh, but uh, that's the comparison favorite. that has to be made. Cause those are the two most similar guys to one another. But I think, yeah. I think Ospreay is, a different level because he can, he can cut promos that I think are really good and gets you invested in him as a character. And then also can do all the cool stuff in the ring. I also think Osprey has more of a style that can make it look like a fight. Yes, like he's, he's definitely, he can go strong style and I don't really think Ricochet does that as well. So 
I, I think Osprey's over well over all performers is way better. Yeah, but now, uh, now if Ricochet went back to doing the double moonsault, that might change my mind. But he hadn't done that in a long time. So my my opinion though, honestly, I think Tony Khan would know how to book Ricochet. I think Ricochet would be really good. I think that that there are very few guys that can move like Ricochet. So yeah. I would absolutely welcome Ricochet. Yeah. Um and I think he is more important than a Johnny Gargano type. I think Johnny no, he's a dime a dozen. I, I don't want to go that far, but I, I do think that you could find others that you don't listen, but like it's hard to find people that move as good as Ricochet. They're similar, but I think Ricochet's like one of the yeah. best. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm with you. Like I said, I think he would have really, really good matches. I mean, I liked his Lucha Underground run too, as uh, Prince Puma yeah. and stuff. Like he's, he's always gonna have good matches. Right. I thought he was but I thought he was more interesting as Prince Puma. Like just like interesting as a character. Um yeah. You know, I just I've just never been that into Ricochet in his promos and stuff. Just he comes off as very kind of lame and goofy to me. But once again, like you've been saying in the ring, undoubtedly you put Ricochet in there against anyone in the AEW roster, and like it's gonna be a really good match. So I'm yeah, with you for sure. Another super chat. Thank you guys so much. Um, Jigsaw Kid, what would you do with Moxley in the next six months? Um. I think I think also just Jigsaw Kid watched us on the Fightful watch along, so I appreciate that as well, man. Um, the next six months, I kind of feel like he's getting towards like a heel run. Like, I, I kind of feel like that that might be one of the routes to go because we never really got to see like like a good heel Moxley in WWE, and I think he could be a really vicious heel in my opinion, and um, like he seems kind of frustrated, like just as a character, like all these people are showing up and that like, it's kind of like he lost the title to Kenny Omega and he never really got another shot at it. And it's like, but he still feels like he's the best and he's getting tired of not being able to get the title and getting caught up in other stuff. So I feel like that that could possibly make him go heel. Yeah. I think that's a possibility. Um, I also think, AEW, I think, really could experiment a lot more with just the idea of just tweeners, like the just not black or white, not yeah. pure baby face, just letting guys and girls or whoever like just be, just be themselves and let the fans decide. Like right. whether you're boo- whether you're booing or cheering, you're invested and you're into the match, and you can pick who you like and who you don't like. And it's like Stone Cold Steve Austin, like we talked about on the show, when he was a heel and he got super over as a heel. They didn't change a thing about him. They just had him fight bad guys instead of good guys, but kept him exactly the same. Like, and that's what I think they need to do with Moxley. Like, I mean, but but he could. One thing about him turning heel that would be fun, though, like you said, is him as a heel. Like with him without like the restrictions of like the WWE and stuff, he could probably come up with some really really crazy, just disturbingly heelish stuff. Like, yes. you know, so I'm, I'm all for a heel turn. Don't get me wrong. I'd be totally fine with it, but I'm also cool with how they're doing it now where like you can fight good guys or bad guys. It doesn't really matter. But like, as long as the fans are making noise, it's all that really matters at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. No, I agree with that. What do you think about, um, you think for sure he's losing to Nick Gage? No, I don't think for sure. Um, okay. I, I, I mean, I think it's probably likely he does, but um, I think there's there's a chance that 
he holds on to that belt. Um, I think there's a chance we see other AEW wrestlers come over to GCW also to do stuff. I mean, just because they have so much buzz right now, especially if you were a wrestler, like kind of more like an AEW dark level or maybe like someone like a Matt Cardona that maybe yeah. feels a little stagnant and you're like, you know what? I can reinvent myself. I go over here and hit some people with some light tubes. Like I like they, the whole wrestling world might talk about me for, you know, and, and just reinvigorate my right. own career. Um, like that's why I've been saying, I think Jericho could potentially do it one day, like just show up in GCW. Like, why not? Like he'll do well, whatever. Especially when he was, uh, if he would have lost MJF and he couldn't wrestle in an AEW yep. ring anymore, like that, that would have worked for sure. So, um, but yeah, as far as Moxley, I, I mean, for the next six months, I could see him potentially just, you know, obviously he's going to stay on AEW and be a, a upper upper level main event level guy for them as long as he's doing that. But I could still see him maybe still being in GCW six months from now, possibly as the champion still. I don't know. I, I think Nick Gage definitely, I mean, if I had to choose, I'd probably say Nick Gage probably going to win, but that doesn't mean Moxley won't ever show back up in GCW either. Like, I mean, he's going to, I'm sure he wants to do blood sport again and all that stuff. Like, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. And my Moxley, just for the record, like he's the coolest guy in wrestling right now. I think it's, it's, um, it's awesome how he's going all over the place. It doesn't have to at all. Has all the money in the world, but is still out there like helping companies like GCW and stuff and helping put over Nick Gage, to, like another level now. And all that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's Moxley deserves a lot of, a lot of respect from wrestling fans. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, if you were to say, like, the difference between, like, him and, like, a Seth Rollins, right? Like, if Seth Rollins, like, for whatever reason, left the WWE, he's not going to Ring of Honor or Impact or, like, anything. Like, let's say he signed with AEW. Like, that's all he would do, in my opinion. I don't see him paying it forward in a lot of ways like Moxley has. And, like, Moxley's coming out. He can come out to anything. He can promote his T-shirt when he's coming out. He comes out in a GCW hoodie. You know what I mean? Like... Moxley's just a really good dude. I definitely yeah. have uh, had a huge respect for him. I remember after that Stone Cold podcast, I didn't like Moxley. Like, I thought he sounded ridiculous. He was talking about how he wanted to have, like, all these great matches, and, like, Stone Cold was grilling him and telling him basically he's not as good as he thinks he is in a subtle way. And, like, it, and then, like, I was really pissed at him for how bad that Brock match was because I was there live and he was so over, right? Like, people were ready to, like, anoint him as the new guy. And, like, that Brock match fell so flat. And then I found out later on all the stuff that he wanted to do. And, like, you know, like, you think you have someone figured out. And, I mean, I was totally wrong about that guy. That guy is nothing to what I thought he was. Like, I thought that he was more like um, an indie guy that just like totally sold out and could care less about like his, he just wanted to be a WWE superstar now. And like, I was totally wrong on that guy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think a lot of those guys at a certain point just kind of accept their situation or at least did then because it was so hard to just like get out of your deals. You just kind of like, and there was nowhere else to really go when he did that interview either. Like that was, kind of all he was going to be for the rest of his career. And they would have kept re-signing him year after year after year. Um, But not only that, though, like nobody would like make it through their whole entire contract to even be a free agent. Like they eventually just gave in and re-signed. And like he just was like, 
I don't care what you throw at me. I don't care how many shield reunions we do. I don't care how bad you're going to embarrass me on the last couple of months that I'm here. Like I'm not re-signing with you. And like, he kind of really set the trend. Like Brian Danielson ended up doing the same thing. And I don't know if that would have happened if Moxley didn't kind of show that that could work like that, you know? Yeah. And I've talked about it before. I mean, Cody's really like the biggest example of it because he did it years before anyone else even like, considered doing this and he was a guy who didn't have the luxury of working or say luxury it's actually the opposite he had the luxury of not having to work the indies prior to the wwe because he got signed straight to ovw but because he had never worked the indies before he was taking an even bigger gamble because no one knew how cody was going to be received on the indies moxley at least knew like if i leave GCW is gonna love me. Like at the very least, I'll get to go work Barnett's Blood Sport and and maybe j- go to Japan. And like he knew there was gonna be places that were gonna accept him in. Um, it's, I mean, it's it, it's it's just cool as hell what what Moxley's been able to do. And like with Rollins, like we were saying, he's just he's just one of those guys. I think he's just super super comfortable with where he's at. The WWE is not in a position to want to let him go. So like oh, no. he's. Um, I think, you know, I, he might start putting over maybe some of his guys. Like, I mean, Ben Carter's there in NXT UK, um, or um, his name's Nathan Frazier now. But, yeah, you know, he has some of his trainees and stuff in the system. That That's really honestly a big thing, too, is like, pay attention to that, y'all, if you don't already. start When you don't know kind of like, if you see someone kind of on the come up, on the indies, Pay attention to where they train because you'll see a lot of correlation there a lot of the time. Like you'll you'll yeah. you'll be like, oh, but I wonder where they're where they're gonna go. And then you start realizing, like, oh, they were trained by this person who works for this company. That person's definitely gonna be talking to management about them and blah, 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 blah. So um from what so, I yeah. picked up, which is this one's kind of weird, but Dante Leon went down to Seth Rollins school. It was at Black and Brave. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. And then I, he, you know, he, he came in Dallas, like he, he grew up in Dallas and he trained there for a while, but then he actually went down to um, Seth Rollins school. Nice. So, well, that's a guy there. that I, yeah, that's a guy that I don't think would, would have a good time signing with the WWE. I think he'd have a no. good time. I think he'd have a good time in AEW dark for a little while and get, get yep. some more buzz about him and then wind up on dynamite. But, uh, He's facing Chris Carter for the Loco wrestling title. Like he has the, he's defending the title, but Chris Carter's getting a title shot at Loco this weekend. That's, that's going to be a good match. I like both those and guys. And Chris a lot. Carter, Chris Carter got on the GCW New York show, the emo show. So I was emo happy fight. For that yeah. Nice. That's what's up. Good deal. And we got GCW this weekend. Uh, yep. That's the uh, Jonathan Gresham versus Suzuki. Suzuki. That's right. I knew it was a big one. Suzuki and Gresham. That's huge. Yeah. And then it's uh, Fatu and uh, uh, Dickinson. Jacob Fatu and Chris Dickinson? Yep. Hell yeah. Don't tell me anymore. I've passed that. I I actually like going into GCW shows blind because then I just mark out. Because I'm like, whose music's going to hit? Like, I I never. Yeah. But I I knew knew it was Suzuki and Gresham, though, for sure. Um, Because I've been... Like Fight TV has been tagging me in those posts, so I can't I can't avoid those. But Michael, what's up with another super chat? Thank you so much, Michael. Um, and then also, just tell me how are you feeling about the Patriots. Like, was Tom Brady really the key to all of it? Because I'm starting to feel like that Bill Belichick might be a little overrated. Don't know yet. I know that Flores also kind of has he knows how Bill Belichick operates with Miami. 
and he worked under Bill Belichick, so he's always a tough matchup. But, you know, Mac Jones kind of does a lot of what Brady did when it's just like running the offense and uh, it's not looking the same. So just curious how you feel there. Um, but anyways, where do you guys rank MJF amongst all-time heels? Thoughts on his Cincinnati shoe promo with Pillman Jr.? I mean, when, I, when it's all said and done, I mean, I think MJF's going down as, like, one of the greatest heels of all time. I have no idea if they'll ever have the balls to, like, make him face or anything like that. Like, I feel like he's going to be a heel probably forever. Um, and that, that promo, that was stiff. That was stiff. I didn't. I didn't expect them to go dark side of the ring and all that, and I went after his family. But it also made you really want Brian Pillman to beat his ass. So I mean, it really Brian Pillman Jr. Of course. So it really, uh, it really helped. He really helped him out. And honestly, this is a pretty big profile match for Brian Pillman. There's a lot of people that think he's going to win, and the only way that I see him winning is if Wardlow accidentally cost MJF the match and Brian Pillman gets a win and then it's like the ultimate humiliation to MJF and then him and Wardlow start their feud. I can see that potentially. Um, I feel like he's got to beat Pillman, but like I could see that scenario like potentially playing out because eventually they're going to do Wardlow and MJF, obviously. I just don't know when. Um, as far as the question, uh, MJF's undoubtedly the best heel right now. Uh, he has been for the last few years, even if you like followed his indie career at all, like he was great on the indies as a heel, even, even less filtered on the indies because he had literally no restrictions on what he could, couldn't say. Um, he would go way past the line uh, a lot of the time, but as a good heel, um, all time, I, he has a, I mean, there is a thing. MJF might wrestle for another 25 years. I mean, the guy, he's yeah. like, he's like 23 years old. So, yeah. um, at, at the end of the day, if he continues on the trajectory he's currently on, I think he'll probably go down as the best heel ever if he can like keep it up to the level he's at now for for the for a while. It, it will be interesting though because what if he really opens the door for how a new heel should be, and like more people go that route to where they don't break kayfabe, where they're just vicious and rude, and like it might set a whole new standard for how a heel is, and then. Who knows? It could always be like top that. You know what I mean? Yeah, but if that happens, then I think MJF will be viewed as the best heel of all time because like he's the yep. one who like made that change happen. Because I, right. I would like that. I'd like more people to be a little. I mean, I, there's we've talked about it on the show before. Like, there's definitely yeah. that line of like you know meet and greets and I've whatnot a that you've dealt with. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Doug has an authentic uh, Wardlow signed MJF eight by ten. But uh, he wouldn't sign it, just Wardlow. So, yeah, I have Wardlow's legit signature, and then I have a false MJF signature by Wardlow. So, yeah, but it's kind of like it's kind of a cool thing because it's rare, you know, like <laughs> so you just kind of hold on to it. But yeah, it's weird. Um, real quick before we have 43 people in the chat right now that are live, so please, if you haven't hit that like button, please do really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for all the super chat, guys. This is awesome. Really, really means a lot to me. And like I said, I, I really enjoy talking to you guys. This is amazing. So, um, but yeah, you know, we haven't even gotten to some of our main topics and stuff. Like uh, one, um, 
Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson. Is this happening in Arthur Ashe? Are we going all the way to full gear? If we're going all the way to full gear, where is Adam Page? Like, what what do you think is going to happen? I don't know. It's too hard. It's too hard to call. I just I don't know the timeline they're going to go with. But like, I I think that I mean, he's directly calling out one guy. He wants Kenny Omega. Well, that's for sure going to happen soon. It's just right. a matter of like I don't know if it's an Arthur Ashe or full gear, but that but that. It, for me to choose one or the other, then that changes the whole timeline of all this other stuff. It would just take forever to try to piece all that together. But I, th- I think that Hangman, it, if it's not Hangman at full Michael. gear, then I don't know. I mean, if it's not if it's not Hangman at full gear, it would have to be like a like you were saying, like a Adam Cole or something like that. But you also don't really want Adam Cole losing much right now either. You gotta you gotta figure all this out with. But here's the other thing with AEW, with it truly being all elite wrestling, good wrestlers are going to lose matches. But yes, but it's going to be clean most of the time, and neither guy is going to wind up looking bad afterwards. So like, well, who's the who? Okay, I mean, me personally, like, I think if they did Adam Cole and Adam Page at full gear, I would love it. Yeah, and and if Adam Page beats Adam Cole, I don't think that hurts Adam Cole really at all, especially if it's like a toe-to-toe battle because Adam Page is like the number one contender, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. No, I, I'm with you. Um especially cuz that's also a couple months out, so it's like Adam Cole could win 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 up until yeah. then. So Right. Um I I just don't know I I personally I would do Danielson and Omega at Arthur Ashe, and I would have Hangman beat Kenny at full year. You would have, okay. I'd have Omega retain over Brian Danielson clean. And yeah. and that makes it look even better for Hangman that Hangman can get the job done after Danielson couldn't. And then, of course, all the, the whole list of people Omega's already beaten during this title run. Basically, what they what I think they should do is make Kenny Omega look as good as humanly possible right now, beat the best guys available. Yeah. But Hangman needs to beat Kenny because that's what really puts Hangman over the top is like on the same level, if not potentially a little higher than those. Because right now it's yeah. like you have like your big stars, like your Omegas, Jericho's, Punk's, Danielson's, even Adam Cole kind of to a degree. And then right underneath that is Hangman. Like Hangman's getting huge pops from the crowd, but he isn't really in this group yet, in my opinion. So if yeah. if, if Omega keeps beating all these guys here, but then Hangman's the one to win, then he's for sure in that group. And that's what I think has been the whole point of all of this for the last two years with Hangman Page is like get him into that same in that same group, in that same sentence, that same breath as Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson and, and the like those level guys. So yeah. that's I think the best well, way to really, do it. I really like the idea of Adam Page and Adam Cole. It's it just represents sure. like the the like the kind of the chosen one of NXT versus the chosen one of AEW and and then the elite storyline as well and like if I'm going to get to Kenny I've got to beat Cole like I just I, what I, if I they like did that. it the what if they did it the other way where Omega loses to Hangman and then the Young Bucks and Cole beat up omega for losing and then you get hangman's first title defense is against adam cole i love that too i love that too and then kenny comes back as a baby face you know months later yeah i love that too 
just a uh, shout out Trevor. Um, nice hat, Doug, for the haters. Always the Astros. <laughs> yeah, they don't like uh, our uh, our bats. I just um, I just sold a. Cans. I just sold the Jeff Bagwell signed baseball that I won from Dave and Buster's oh, Astros. There you, you go. Yeah, wow, got, there got you go. I got like 85, 90 bucks for that thing. Pretty happy. Yeah, that, that that's some figures right there. Oh yeah, man. I'm I'm racking it up, dude. I've been I've been fig hunting, dude. I've got I'm I in heard the Elite GameStop. Game. I've heard GameStops is dropping the Series Six. Go over yeah, there. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna be out the the area that I was out in when I found uh the Brick Baker MJF and Sheeta. I'm gonna be in on Thursday again. So I. I've found a few. There's like 10 Walmarts and Targets within like a 45-minute radius of me, and I finally have yep. veered out to like the farthest of those out, and that's where they're finally finding these things, of course. So. Yeah, anyways. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we, so, so we were talking about the, the Adam Cole, Adam Page, yeah. So here's my thing, and like – I didn't necessarily love the format of AEW of Dynamite last week. Like I thought that the match should have got way more time. I really think that they need to get about fifteen to twenty minutes on the main event every single time because with the roster that they have, it needs to be a pretty big match for the main event, in my opinion, and it needs to be something that like is definitely like memorable and rewatchable and why you would want to buy a ticket and not just to like, here's an eight minute match between Moxley and Suzuki. You know what I mean? I think they're trying to make good on that this week because like they're having the tag team match. And I think I heard Brian Alvarez talking about it. He was, he was basically saying like from what he had heard or, or something was that wound up happening was, they the cues got screwed up and granted there was going to be a short match regardless because stuff just the timing of the show wound up not going right so they were going to only have like 10 minutes anyways but they like hot shotted the finish apparently to where they could have kept wrestling for another like three minutes but like they heard the cue wrong or whatever so that's why the end of the show was moxley just like walking around the arena to wild thing and I'm assuming Moxley probably went backstage and was pissed about the whole thing. He's like, yo, this was yeah. my homecoming Suzuki. Like, like we got it. We got to make better for, for me and for these fans. And they were like, well, we're just going to bring it back next week then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so. Yeah. Well, it sounds like that they're going to issue their accepted challenge or whatever. Cause I saw on dark that they, they issued the challenge and then, um, so yeah, it looks like Arthur Ashe is going to be Moxley and Eddie Kingston versus Lance Archer and Suzuki. So that's oh wait, no, oh, that's an Arthur Ashe. I thought that was next. This uh, I thought it was tomorrow for some reason. I don't think it's tomorrow. I think no, that's next week. It's, tomorrow it's the Arthur big thing. Tomorrow the big thing is Adam Cole's debut against Kazarian. Well, that's tomorrow fine. is Kingston and Moxley versus 2.0. Oh, that also. That's right. That's right. That's where I'm getting screwed up. Moxley and Kingston tomorrow, and then them in against uh, Suzuki Gun. That's right. But see, like Daniel Bryan is supposed to address the elite or whatever. Like to me, this is where you challenge Omega, Arthur Ashe. This is if you're going to do it, this is when you do it. But do you make it to where – now, I'm not saying there's a right or wrong answer for this Like, because I'm really mm-hmm. honestly okay with it either way. But do you think Bryan Danielson has to beat a top five guy first before he wrestles Omega? Like he has to get into the rankings no. before the title shot. No, I mean, his last match was against Roman Reigns. He was at the WrestleMania main event. Like, to me, he comes in with being an indie legend. Like, I think his name alone is credibility for a title shot. 
I kind of like the idea of, of that also, because like it doesn't pigeonhole you to where like if more of these opportunities come up that you don't have to stick to the rankings to where right. like, you know, another big, what to say like Osprey, just throw it out yep. there. Like, like Osprey comes no, over agree. and it's like, they just want to do that match right off the bat. Like you don't have to expose them at all to the audience. You just build it or as, or even like a, a surprise like, cause that's the thing that takes away from two is like, if you want to have like an open challenge for the title ever, you, yeah. you know, it can't just be the top five guys. The one thing with Kenny too, though, that helps out the Brian storyline, I have to see the top five, but Kenny's probably beat everyone in the top five already. So he could probably make that claim too, of being like, well, I mean, it's going to be, I mean, I've already beaten everyone ranked. Here's another thing too. Like can Miro not get a shot at the title? If he's a title holder. Right. Because it's the same set of rankings for both belts. Right. Um, and which is, that's an interesting question. Because I've always liked the idea, similar to the option C with the, the X Division title and Impact. I've always, I've always thought it would be a cool idea with like the Intercontinental title. If that was literally like, like you could, you could keep holding onto the title as long as you want. Like, you know, you got to defend it, of course, on the shows. But like, you can take the risk of, of challenging the champion that belt's going to get vacated, but like you, you got a shot at the time. So you can either risk losing the IC title or the TNT title or the exhibition title or whatever. You either come up empty handed if you lose, but if you win, you're the world champion now. And that, and that builds prestige for the titles too. Cause that gives you a reason to want to be the intercontinental champion. Cause otherwise, yeah. why would you really want that belt? It doesn't really mean anything. Um, right. You know, so, so I, I'm with you. I think, I mean, that's a good question. And I think that's a story that'll definitely happen at some point, sometime in the next you know couple of years or whatever with AEW. They'll have such a dominant TNT champion. Maybe Miro is that that guy to where he you know he wins so much with that belt. They're just like, you know, he's not more contender for the actual title now. Like you have. Well, to- I mean, like imagine if they did Kenny and Miro. That's a big match. That's a big match, and you don't know who would win. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. And and even if they were still both heels, like AEW would still do that because the match would still be good. Like that's the thing. Fans could decide. Do they want to cheer for me or do they want to cheer for King or for uh for Kenny? Or do they want to just not, you know, they're not gonna sit there on their hands. They're gonna make some sort of noise. They're not gonna just sit there quiet during a match like that. Right. I would say this too, like I feel like wrestling fans are about to get introduced to money fights. Right, so, and I, I didn't want to bring like, that up because it's such a it's such a whole other conversation. But I almost said that about the because the UFC people skip the right all the time. But, yeah, but you got to think like the UFC is like it, it's it's like it's not you don't live by the rankings, right? But it at least keeps you it to like where you would know who could possibly be next. Yeah, but if a McGregor Diaz fight pops up or whatever, then it doesn't matter what the rankings are. We go with what the fans want. And these are the money fights. And so that's what I'm saying. So if Osprey comes and says, Kenny, you've been saying you're the best in the world. I know I'm the best in the world. Let's do this. Like, who cares about the rankings? You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. No, I'm I'm, I'm with you 100%. There was actually a super chat from Chris Warden earlier about the buy-in for all out. Did we, oh. did we answer that? Nope. We missed it. Sorry, Chris, but we got you. Um, sorry, guys, but I'm coming in late. Have you discussed the 200,000 buy rate for all out yet? No, we haven't. Um, I think that it's great. I think that it, um, it, if you really put things into perspective, like it just shows you how much people are paying attention to 
AW because to me it's like when you have a two hundred thousand buy rate, I feel like at least probably like three hundred thousand also pirated it. You know what I mean? Like right. you're talking probably like five hundred thousand people watch that show, so it's like it, it's definitely in the buzz. And then I mean I feel like if you really with this roster, full gear should be stacked. I mean this should be a huge pay per view. And if you really want to get buzz, like that is the way to go. And um, I just kind of feel like that they've gotten to the point now where people are willing to watch an AEW pay-per-view like they're willing to watch a a UFC. Like they're going to have a a UFC party, a pay-per-view party, uh, an AEW party. Nitro party. Right. We know how important these pay-per-views are. There's only four a year. So there can't miss, and I just think it's great. And, I mean, at that point, who knows, show up, Bray Wyatt or whatever. It is pretty wild at this point. The way that they kind of have it set up is literally every pay-per-view, which is basically once a quarter, a debut could be around the corner. And that will always create buzz. I mean, like, if you bring in full gear, right, and you bring in Bray Wyatt for full gear, and then your next pay-per-view, which would be Revolution, you bring in Kevin Steen. I mean, it's just you're always going to be talking about AEW. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And that's that's the thing. Like, this isn't ending anytime soon, these, these kind of things that we're talking about. Like, they're going to keep building on it. Um you know, we haven't talked about him this week, but like it's just a matter of time before Ric Flair is a regular thing on AEW. Well, um, I mean, don't you feel like at the end of Rampage that is setting up for Ric Flair to come in? A thousand percent, a thousand yeah, percent. Um, and I would even say, like, what I would do. I've talked about it a bit over like the last couple of years potentially, but now it's like really forming. Cause I, we were talking about Cody earlier with like, you know, bullet club and all this. If he's not going to be involved with that, like there is serious four horsemen potential. Now, like you can yeah. do an actual four horsemen group. You got Ric Flair, you got Tully Blanchard, you got Cody Rhodes, Andrade, um, you can take FTR and maybe even like MJF. You can basically split up the pinnacle whenever that thing implodes with Wardlow and everything. And you can have a group kind of, or, you know, that doesn't have to necessarily be exactly, or you could do, if you don't want to do the FTR, like I know this is kind of a stretch, but you know, Anthony Henry's, he just had a match in AEW dark. They're about to do work horseman tag team matches, him and JD Drake. Those guys are like perfect for a group like that. Like there's, but my point is, Ric Flair's going to come in. He should he should go with Andrade. It looks like they're really setting it up, like you just said. But it, I don't think it necessarily just stops there. Like, if he wants to build a four-horseman group, there are some damn good wrestlers to build that next four-horseman with oh, AEW. Yeah. And especially if Charlotte came over, like, oh, my God. Like, Well, and I think, too, like, Andrade's kind of perfect because then it's like, if, if you know, that representation, the new 2021 version of – the four horsemen. And I think, you know, he's, he's, he's always wearing a suit. Like any, he's, he's awesome. Well, you know what I think about people forgot about how good he was until they watched rampage. And then it was like, Oh yeah, that's right. Like he's really good. Yeah. And just, and also speaking of like Gargano earlier, that's probably the best Andrade match I've ever seen was him and Gargano and takeover. Like that match was incredible. Um, But 
what do you think about the idea? I thought about this a bit lately. I don't love the the name Andrade El Idolo. Like it's like too no, much. Yep. What about Andrade Flair though? <laughs> like that's pretty I nuts. That's pretty nuts. I don't know. I'm just, but know. I'm just saying, like, because you know Rick's going to want, like, the name carried on. Like, I know Charlotte, obviously, but, like, and, and it's it's weird, right, to take, like, the name of, like, your, like, uh, father-in-law and all that. But, like, it's it's the Flair last name. Like, that's, like, a humongous honor. But, like you just said, he dresses in the suits. Like, he's yep. he's, he's a lot like Ric Flair was. The, the beautiful women and the limousines yep. and the whole deal. I mean, like, I think Andrade Flair would be, that'd be badass, but... Um, that's just, that's just me. That's just an idea I thought about. Cause I don't love I don't the idea. The I don't, no, I don't love, I don't know about the robes either. I'm Cause not I sure really hated that. the AJ flair thing in TNA. And like, I, I don't like yes. it when it's forced. That's but, all but I'm saying. This is different cause it's family now though. Like, yeah, no, I agree. like he's actually going to be in that family. The Rick, the, the AJ Styles thing was, was, was a disaster on multiple ends because not only did it not work at all and it was just strange, it was like you were also ruining AJ Styles, which was the best original thing the company had. <laughs> they changed it to that. And then they so, brought in RVD and just like squashed AJ. And, and then RVD that. lost the title because uh, Abyss beat him up with Janice in the back yeah. and he never even lost Janice. the title. Yeah, oh, yeah I remember. Yeah. Remember Abyssomania, uh, brother? Yeah, I do. He's the next John Cena. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's the funniest interview. And he Hulk gave Hogan. him like he gave him like the Hall of Fame ring. Like, he gave yes. he gave Abyss his WWE Hall of Fame ring, and it gave him superpowers in TNA yep. wrestling. Yeah. Yep. Anyways, yep. Um, another super chat. Thank you, man. Matt Phillips reviews. Thank you. Um, I would love to see Miro versus Moxley, and then Moxley uses the option C on Omega or whoever the champ is. Sure. Yeah, like I would, I would be fine with that. Um, I think, you know, Eddie Kingston kind of showed you what that type of match style could be like with Miro, and it was good. So, uh, yeah, I'm all, I'm all for it. Um, I think they run that back in Arthur Ashe, though, Miro and Kingston. That might be where Miro or Kingston gets a big win finally. I think, like I said, I think Kingston's locked up in that tag match. I think that's what they're doing. Oh, but, oh that's right. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. But, I mean, they're going to New York in December. That's right. There, there's a lot of different spots. I'd hold it so. to December. Let let Miro keep doing his thing till December and then have Kingston get that win. I, I love yeah. how I love what they're doing with Miro. They, they should keep building him. But they do need to have Kingston in, in New York because he loses all of his big matches, which is fine because he's so over. But in New York, if you're going to give him a big win anytime soon, it's got to happen in New York. And, like, why not for the TNT title? The guy's so over. Like, just just do it, you know? And then, and if it's, and, and once again, if it's all done properly, I don't love the idea of wrestlers, like, losing mid-card, if you want to call it a mid-card title, and then wrestling for the main you know, the main title. But if yeah. it's built right, like, no one's going to care that Miro lost to Eddie Kingston if, if, it's, if he's been unstoppable up to that. Depends on how the match ends, and then you can have Miro in the in the world title mix if it's all done right. So everyone winds yeah. up winning. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Um, so yeah, it's just it. I, I I really do want Tony to really like look at Dynamite like pay per view light. Like I want it to be big matches every single week with the roster that we have. I don't mm-hmm. want a bunch of necessarily fillers all the time um and you know i think we'll get there but i i really like 
like that run where we had like fighter fest and then we had um fight for the fallen like that was awesome and i feel like dynamite should be more like that now with the roster that we have I agree, but we also just have to keep our expectations intact too. Like, not every single dynamite is going to be like a pay per view level thing, but we but we can have much higher expectations, and it's fair to have much higher expectations than you would compared to like something like Raw or something, right? Like, yeah. I think it's totally fine to like go into these AEW shows being like expecting like a great show, but if it's if it's only good, that's still pretty awesome because like there, oh man. Because they, they went on such a streak that, like, you just can't – it's not always going to – you know what I mean? Like, there's going to be a few down. Well, also, I think there's – thing, too, is, like, Rampage wasn't a factor before. So right. now what you probably would have put on dynam- put on Dynamite, you're putting on Rampage. And so it's not just, like, this crazy two-hour show. It's kind of, like, trickled down. But, I mean, still, in my opinion, with the roster that they have, they, they both could be, like, incredible. Like and the roster that's going to – I mean, it's going to keep, I mean, like you saw all these names for dark. I mean, it was like yep. all, yeah. basically all the indie wrestlers that I mm-hmm. want to see in AEW were all at the dark tapings this past week. Um, uh, and I'll, I'll say be more too. Like oh, yeah. they're going to keep bringing them. If they, if these guys get buzzed, they're coming. Yep. And I was, I told you in DMS, I'll say it here. I said it on the weekender pod too, but I, I talked with Lee Moriarty uh, the other day, just through direct messages and he was telling me, just for people listening who were interested, um, AEW, like he signed there and he was like told by the company that he was totally allowed to fulfill any of these obligations he had prior to signing. So like he wrestled Death Before Dishonor for Ring of Honor. He already taped some stuff for MLW and he is going to be doing the Opera Cup uh, for MLW. That that hasn't yeah. happened yet, but he'll be he'll be. I think I think that's the one. I don't know if that's the one he's already done, or if there's the. the I, I I get mixed up because of the taping schedules and stuff, but I know he's going to be making one more appearance for MLW beyond what he's already recorded, and then after that, it's it's AEW. So AEW, let him do MLW, let him do Ring of Honor to to stay in good standing with everybody, and then, uh, you know, obviously we've seen an AEW like the wrestlers are obviously free to to do indies, you know, when they're able to and stuff too. So, um, and that's, that's the reason I say all this is because I think that's going to be the case for a lot of the people we just saw in AEW dark. I think AEW is going to start dishing out a lot more of these contracts and a lot of them are going to be those like kind of tiered contracts where they're like, Hey, we're going to, so some are going to be bigger than others. Right. I think they have like big plans for Daniel Garcia. I think they have big plans for Lee Moriarty, yeah. like already, but if you're like a uh, like an alley catch or something where they may not be completely sure, I could still see them maybe signing someone like alley catch, but like she's still going to be involved on the indies, like pretty much to the same level she is now. Um, Do you know if her and MJF are cool or? I mean, I know on social media they aren't, but right, I, of I, course. I, yeah, I don't know how I don't know how much of that is real. I, I really have no idea. MJF is a strange. Yeah, a strange case because he seems like a like a great dude when you like when when you see in his interviews like where he's not in character, but he also like the interactions I've have I've had with him in real life where I'm just like I I can't get like a real read on him like for real no. so and, um, and he prides himself in that so. which I, and I and I respect it as a fan like I like that it's like that but 
Um, I don't think that that's going to be an issue in AEW. Like, I mean, who knows what the deal with Colt Cabana and, and CM Punk is and stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, like, there's plenty of that that I think that people just need to kind of, you know, there's enough going on. There's enough people there that you can you can avoid the people you need to avoid. You know, it's not like you got 15 people back there and you are like stuck being back there with them. You can kind of go to your own corner and not have to deal with any of that and have your own friends and you'll be fine. So, exactly, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's uh, but yeah, it, it definitely caught my eye of all the people that were there. And um, dark is interesting now. Dark is really kind of taking like its own kind of NXT version and like basically using some of the not bigger names, but guys that are, you know, like your FTRs or Eddie Kingston, stuff like that, but, but facing them up against like some top indie talent and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how that all works out. Yeah. I like how AW dark does that every now and then you get just like a straight jobber match where like Brian cage comes out and just like hits, his it's like five moves on someone and pins them just like establishes dominance. But then you have plenty of matches that are like pretty back and forth and like showcase indie talent and um, get a lot of eyes on them. I see Jeff Atwood said in the chat, Bobby fish and MLW. What are your thoughts? Is that, is that uh, legitimate or is that a question? Like if he was no, to go to MLW, dude. no, he's an MLW. He's going to be in that opera thing. Okay. I hadn't seen that yet. I, yep, that's a, uh, that's probably best case scenario for Bobby Fish, honestly. Um, yeah. Like I, 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 I'm a fan, and like, of course, I'd like to see him in AEW. You know, because I'm a fan of his. But like, MLW is a really, really good fit for him. So yeah. I'm happy to see that. Yeah, and there's some good matchups still for him too. And, yeah, uh, and Dave, hands down, he, I mean, he, he's extremely. He, he's he's very good. He's just. He's just at the older age now, and I mean, if you're AEW, I don't really see necessarily the point of getting invested in that, and so it makes sense for him to be able to go to, like, an MLW to display his skills, but, like, not necessarily be, like, a, a figurehead of a company or anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a good matchups there for him. He's like, I swear, dude, when I was, when he was heel with um, Kyle O'Reilly or Red Dragon, and I would go to ROH shows, he got so much heel heat. Like he would mess with people in the crowd to where they were wanting to fight him at the in the in the back parking lot at the show. Nice. Like people hated his guts, and he like didn't stop either. Like he it, once he knew that like they were really pissed at him, he really like egged it on. And like if he was like if he saw like a dad with his kid, he would start to mess with the kid. Like he he loved to get there. Like massive heel heat. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's good stuff. I mean, I'd like to see potentially. I'd like to see Red Dragon like in AEW. That'd be pretty sick. Like as a oh, tag yeah. team. But my my only issue though is like I I like Kyle best as a singles guy, and like they've yeah. done so much to finally get him to this point. But it's like it might wind up all be for nothing because like what's the big prize for Kyle O'Reilly now? Like to maybe become the NXT champion of of NXT 2.0, and then and then what? I mean, I mean, here's here's my thing though, dude. It's like, okay, so if you, um, so the reason that Kyle O'Reilly, the guy that that was selected, like got the spot, is because he helped fight off the bad guys that attacked Kyle O'Reilly, and I don't know who they are. I think it was Pete Dunne and somebody else, maybe. Okay. And and because he helped fight them off, he gets a title sh- shot, right? 
why wouldn't you just do that to L.A. Knight, who just lost to Scott, Rick Steiner's kid? Why would you take Kyle O'Reilly out of that matchup? Like, to me, there had to have been a reason as to why you're not even going to put him in there. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. I'm, I'm, I'm watching Sean Ross Sapp's Twitter this weekend. That's all I'm going to say. And if I see the eyeball emoji, I know it's coming. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> I saw Generico is, is going to be out around the same time as Dean, it looks like. so uh, Not what I read. He said it was like 2023 or something. Oh, like was it that. 2023? I saw like yeah. a bunch of stuff about him maybe coming over soon also. Um, it sounded like he actually got extended for some. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. So. Um, I want Dean more anyways. <laughs> yeah. Oh. For sure. And I mean, honestly, if, if Sami Zayn were to be free, like, I think he has to come back as Generico. 100%. Without it, without a question. Like, and, and I don't know if he's wants to do that. I don't we know can if do he both. feels like that he's a, like, maybe. Split, um, split personality thing. That could be interesting. But I mean, Generico would be so over in AEW. Oh, Jim in the chat saying got extended because of injury. Yeah, they yeah. do that sometimes. These guys they make them stay yeah. to 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 fulfill dates that they missed while they were out. Yeah, so um, it'll it'll be interesting. Um, so what what do you think? What do you think about Big E? Like, how do you how do you think the WWE handled it? What do you think? Of, like. Is, is he going to be a long champion? Do you think he's a traditional champion? Like, what are you thinking? I think uh, I was happy to see. Like, I tuned in right at that point. I, to watch, I the moment The moment I saw on Twitter, it said Big E's cashing in. I just turned off Monday Night Football, and I watched the match. Yeah, pretty much same here. Like, I just saw people on Twitter going nuts about it. So I was like, all right, I'm going to tune in. I watched it. Of course, I'm happy for the guy. Like, but uh, – I saw the raw rating was terrible. I know that has to do with football, but they, that that's every year. Like it's not football happens every single year at this time of the year, and raw's ratings aren't always this low. Like people need to stop making that an excuse. Like they're gonna have lower ratings in general, usually because of football during the season. But like these are like still alarmingly low numbers of people watching the show, even I, for football. I, I think they're about to get crushed. I really do. Yeah. Well, and that's where I think I think WWE is going to blame Big E. They're going to be like, "Hey, we like we basically advertise this on social media, like that." He himself said he was going to cash in earlier in the day. Um, they built the whole show around it, uh, from what I understand. The beginning from the the entire show, and then like the main event, of course, was Orton and, and uh, Lashley and the whole deal. I thought the way that that Biggie won the title was not good. Like he came in after Lashley had already like went through a war and then almost lost um in like 5 seconds. It um, kind of felt like he was about to job. I was like, yeah. "Don't you do it. Don't you do it cuz I know you want to. Don't you do it." Yeah. And they're they're the main reason I think they did it was because of all the buzz AEW's getting right now for so many different reasons in these debuts and they were like all right, we're going to do something big to pop a rating. And they put all their eggs in this basket and then the rating didn't pop. So now they're going to be like, I mean, I don't know. For, for Big E's sake, I hope he has a good long title run. I won't be watching any of it. But no, I mean, no. I, I, I think that, uh, and it isn't because of him, you know, it's just, I just don't care 
just in general. Well, at this and point. they also have a, a draft in October, so who knows who they're bringing over and, and all that. Yeah, I mean, so right at the end of the day, like on a on a level of like just being happy for a guy, like I'm really happy for him. But as far as like a how I am as like a fan of like like just like the product in general, I'd give it like a three out of ten excitement level. Like I'm like okay, yeah. like I mean, it's not really. And I, and I expect him to lose the title soon. Like, I think he'll probably lose it right back to Lashley at, like, the pay-per-view or something. Well, and this is my problem. And, and you know, I've, I've talked to some casual WWE fans or, like, people that are just WWE fans but not, like, smart marks that, like, get the whole business. And the way that they view Big E is someone that is just a mid-carder that right. shouldn't have came in there and beat Bobby Lashley. And – I don't blame them because the WWE didn't do anything to really big build, to really build Biggie. I mean, you got to think like WrestleMania in his own home uh, town of Tampa, and he goes out there and he loses to um, Apollo Crews or whatever. And then like he was supposed to face Malachi Black, and that never happened. And then like he just he wins the Money in the Bank, and like. I'm sorry, but the New Day, they're associated together. And the way that Kofi won the title against Daniel Bryan and that buildup of how he could never get it and all this stuff, it was like and WrestleMania. It was done so well. It was done so well, and the crowd wanted it so bad. And it was just it, – it, it was such a special moment. You can't say that about Big E's title. Like, that, it was just like, hey, guys, tune in to Monday Night Raw because I'm cashing it in. Like, yeah. it, it just – and this is another thing, and this is what I think the, the difference now with the Monday Night Football thing is. AEW is on Monday Night Raw's ass, and that is going to be the difference because now it's like even if the ratings go down, now AEW is catching up. And if they continually beat Monday Night Raw in the 18 to 49 demographic, like they're going to have to answer to USA. They're going to have to start to say, like, hey, I don't know what's going on. Like, they're going to hit the panic button. So um, I think I'm, it's going to be interesting because it, now they actually have a consequence if their ratings drop. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I feel like all WWE's got to do – if USA comes after them, they'll be like, have you ever watched our show? Like, of course we're losing 18 to 49. Like, look at our show. Like, we're not for 18 to 49. Like, how would our numbers look like in – uh, two years old to 12 years old. Like, what do those look like? Because that's what we're going after. Like, no, I don't think there's a metric, so they're screwed. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea how that works with, like, the ages younger than 18, how they how they could possibly even – I mean, that's probably why a big part of the number is, like, you know, 50-plus. But you see the 50-plus, but what you don't account for is, like, that's one 50-year-old person in that room, but also probably, like, an 8-year-old kid next to them or something. But see, like, um, advertisers are viewing 18 to 49 as the consumers. And if they find out that AEW is bringing in more consumer uh, interest, then they're going to be like, why are we go to WWE? And, like, imagine the type of contracts that AEW could get if they start to pop those type of numbers. It's very true. And, I mean, if you're Fox, too, you're sitting there going, like, Y'all were supposed y'all were supposed to be our replacement for losing UFC. Like, and yep. none of these fans are still watching this. Like, what happened? Yep. 
And then not only that, like, I really think they burned their bridge with them with the CM Punk thing. I really think that that does bother them. They even offered to pay part of his contract. I saw that, yeah. So, like, that's huge. And one thing I did find interesting, though, is that Punk actually negotiated with the WWE. Like, I would love to hear more about that. But it kind of sounds like to me (laughs) that when he did, Triple H got on the phone. Because it was like people that immediately he didn't trust got involved. And... To me, that sounds like Hunter. So I, I don't know. But yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I my I mean, I don't know for sure, obviously, but I mean if I was CM Punk though, I would definitely have that conversation with the WWE because you're gonna get more money out of AEW if they know you're talking to the WWE. Right. Um, so it could be a, a negotiating thing. I don't think CM Although Punk if I ever was had on, I would call your bluff so bad, like, dude, they they fired you on your wedding day. You're not going yeah. back. I already know. Like, you know what? Go ahead and go back. Enjoy yep. it. Like, well, you, actually, you know what? I'll come back for less. I'll, I'll go to you. Yeah, exactly. Less. Yeah. Hey, Punk, I got to let you go. I got Brian Danielson on the phone. Okay. Yeah, I got All Brian right. Danielson, Take Adam care. Cole, Bray, Ric yeah. Flair, Bray Wyatt. Um, we're, we're cool. I mean, yeah, yeah we're good. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that would be interesting to be a fly on the wall for that conversation between like triple H and, and CM Punk. Like, I'm sure that right. would have been very interesting, especially if triple H is like, all right, man, here's the plans. We bring you back me, you WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I'm good. Take care. Like, oh, we never got it done. And although I don't know if triple H will ever wrestle again. So Hopefully everything works out there with this. Yeah, that's issue yeah. I don't want to make fun of that so, at all. Like that's, no, no, we, not we, at all. We, we of course don't want anything bad to actually happen to Triple H. Like, in, I mean, the the whole heart issue and the scare he had and stuff. Like, I no matter how I feel about the WWE and stuff. Like, I'm obviously I want Triple H to fully recover. Well, and like, I mean, we've seen these pro wrestlers when they get into their fifties, this enlarged heart and all that type of stuff must come into factor. And so, yeah, it's definitely worrisome. Wish nothing but the best for Triple H, regardless of what people think about him. Like he was a huge part of my childhood, teenager, whatever. And not only that, like I really think that, you know, he did move this business forward. He might not get credit for NXT as a developmental, but he definitely opened people's eyes to pro wrestling and to independent wrestling and stuff at a, at a different level. So he deserves a lot of credit for that as well. He's probably the most frustrated wrestling fan in the world. Like, well, like, th- sure. like think about how angry you or whoever listening y'all get when like things aren't going your way as a fan of wrestling. Triple H is just watching it all just crumble around him. Like he was going to have the keys to the kingdom and be in charge yep. of the whole wrestling business. And now it's looking like he's going to get pushed to the side when they sell to Disney and in all this hard work that he did, trying to trying to make the WWE different and bring in the indie uh, aspect to it and set things up to where when he took over, it could be more like what the fans like us wanted on Raw and SmackDown and all this stuff. And it has all gone right out the window. And he and he's just there now. Like he's got to be there and he got to still be an executive. But Nick Khan's basically got his job now. So it's like, yep. you know, but Triple H, I mean, feels bad, man. I mean, that's like, I wouldn't be surprised if we got a Triple H's All Elite graphic like three years from now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's so crazy, too, because it's like NXT was kind of like a dark, grungy vibe. And this is like vibrant colors with white ropes and like um, just it, no more heavy metal. They have hip hop. Like, it's just so 
everything that represented NXT is gone, which is why I'm wearing this shirt. Like, this is the end of the era, right? Like, the NXT yeah. is gone. And to me, like, I don't think we'll really be talking about NXT anymore. I just think it's it's going to become irrelevant. And I'm very curious to see what the ratings will be like. I think the ratings for this show will be big because people are curious to see the new new direction. I think next week is going to look rough. What do you mean by big, though? Like 600,000? No, I think it's going to have like 800 to a million. I really do. I think I think people were curious to see what it's going to look like. Hey, maybe. And it'd be good for them if they did it. I just don't. But I mean, I, I don't think that this is going to stay that way at all. Like, I think I, it's going to tank. I think a lot of people were like me and just like knew what this was going to be. Like, they're just like, yeah. well, I'm not even going to bother. Like, I love the NXT. I don't want to watch it die in front of me. Right. Um, and that's that's basically what happened. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I saw, like, the whole wedding thing where, like, they tried to, like, exp- they basically tried to explain who, like, 10 of the different characters were all at one time in this wedding. They called uh, Dexter Loomis, Dexter Gaylord Loomis. And I was like, is that supposed to be funny? Um, they they had them, like, they, they had, um, they were looking for the ring. And Austin Theory was like, we're in a ring. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, the only people who could think this is funny or entertaining are little kids. There's, there's no way you can be an adult watching this and being like, I mean, you might enjoy it for the same way I enjoy, like, Mighty Ducks or whatever, like I've talked about. But, like, you can't right. be looking at this as, like, a serious – this isn't – this is not even in the same atmosphere as what AEW is. Like, this is a no. – this is a – I mean – it just looks like a bad show from what I saw. It just looked bad. It looks like a bad yes. kid show. But it's like that's the hard line in the sand that they're drawing now. Is it's yeah. like if you're that fan, you go to AEW. If you're the new type of fan or the kid fan, you watch NXT and um, or WWE just in general because it's really all the same now. Yep. And uh, I, I don't know. But I'm curious though just like – how many people would have watched NXT regardless if it's not indie or not? Like it's just it's wrestling on Tuesdays. Let's watch wrestling. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, in theory, you'd think there'd still be a lot or good. A decent like, do you think people, it'll go to four hundred thousand? Do you think it'll go to like three hundred fifty thousand? Like, do you think it'll drop that far? Or do you think it'll maintain around six hundred thousand no matter what? I think it's possible that it that it drops down because it it just depends. Like, how many how many little kids cared about NXT before this? How many of that, like, you know what I mean? It's almost one of those things where like, if you were a little kid, now, if I was a little kid, I'd probably watch it because I wanted to watch anything related to wrestling as a kid, just any of it, but like blockbuster, like anything, just like fine wrestling stuff. But, you know, if you were a little kid and you were watching like raw and SmackDown, like what would be your incentive to watch NXT? Like you would think that, people more like our age would be interested in like the, the, the developmental aspect of it. I think kids would just see it as kind of like what you said earlier, just like a lamer version of raw with no stars. Like why yeah. would little kids want to watch it? Where, where's Roman? Where's, where's the Finn Balor? Where's, you know, Bobby Lashley? Where's, where's big E? Like if you're a kid, that's what you're thinking, you know? Right. But instead you can watch a guy potentially go out there and like do just the most, because once again, this is going to be developmental, like we're going to see a lot of people out there with really, really limited skill sets that are going to be did. out there. I mean, just full, forward roles and, and 
belly to back suplexes. Not only that, like finishers. Finishers are a flying knee. Finishers are a superplex. Finishers are, yeah, like that's it. Like they took a superplex and it was over. Like that's the type of stuff that we're seeing um, where it's not like crazy kickouts anymore. It's not about any of that stuff. And you could tell. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. All the guys we were talking about before that have any like that have any true value right now, they're all going to get phased out of NXT very soon. So all you're going to be left with, like once the Garganos and Champas and Kyle O'Reilly's of the world are gone, like, I mean, I can only imagine what it'll look like if it looked as bad as what you're saying right now. And this was like the people that are ready for NXT right now. Imagine how bad the, the, the people are going to be debuting over the next few weeks are going to look if they're not even as ready as these people. Once again, for the purpose of developmental, this is all actually really good and it all actually makes sense. But yeah. I don't know how many people are going to want to watch this process play out. Like back in the day, there there was a reason that like OVW and, and FCW and Deep South and all that stuff were like on regional television because like there wasn't this gigantic national audience to to watch it right no it's very and i mean that's that's where we're at now it's very uh yeah it's not good it's not good at all and then like you know another one was like raquel gonzalez was supposed to wrestle frankie monet they advertised it all week and then they just pulled it and they just didn't do it they and they never even acknowledged it like never said once why it didn't happen they had Raquel Gonzalez like hype video package, but like never mentioned Frankie Monet, nothing. It's like, okay. Yeah. I just, I uh, saw that in my emails through Fightful Select. I saw, um, I think Sean was like talking about that. So I, I saw that that had happened. Um, but yeah, I. But like you I could at least say. say like for whatever reason, or we're scheduling it for next week or something and like nothing. They didn't even acknowledge it. Once again, though, if you were like six, I don't think you'd even notice. Well, then, like, and, but then, like, next week is Kushida and Roderick Strong for the cruiserweight title, right? And I saw like Kushida was like in like the. All you do is talk, 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 talk. Wait, is that was that his promo? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was say out. all I all I saw was him sitting at the like he was in the crowd at the wedding earlier. No, he came out and he's like, "All you do is talk, 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 talk." That's it. That was it. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, and, that, and that's going to lead to Kashida Roderick Strong, which, I mean, it doesn't fit anymore. Th- those well, matches don't work anymore. Well, also, it's like Kashida is, is like Back to the Future guy, and we're doing this in front of an audience that has too young to know what Back to the Future is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, they don't understand the reference, but he wasn't even wearing the jacket or anything. He was just wearing like a shirt and jeans. Like, I'm sure they got rid of that idea too. Like, they don't, I, it's just. It's such crap. And then, like, everyone has to change their names. And uh, it just it makes me so sick. Like, it doesn't bother me, like, where I'm, like, losing sleep. Like, I, I know what this company is. It, but, like I said, to watch it die in front of you sucks. But, but like, I'm just so grateful AEW exists that so it doesn't really bother me. But, like, could you imagine, like, if AEW never came around and we're in, like, the pandemic stage and we, like, all we had was WWE wrestling and then they decided to pull this with NXT, like, we would just be, like, looking for indie wrestling to watch and that's really all we could do. That's pretty much the exact position I was in once I started, like, really getting deep into, like, IWTV and all that stuff. It was, like, pretty much exactly that. I just got really lucky that AEW came around and, like, gave them an outlet to do this stuff 
on national TV, but like I was already in that position. So like, but I know what you mean. It was a, it was weird. Cause there was a while there where I pretty much only watched Indies. Like I wasn't really watching impact much. I wasn't watching WWE much. Like I was just watching indie stuff I could find. Cause I pretty much had a foot out the door of being a wrestling fan. I just really only liked the indie stuff at that point. So yeah. Yeah. So but, like that's, that's such a huge thing for AEW. And that's like I said, like, I really feel like Tony Khan saved wrestling because I really don't think the future of wrestling was looking bright until AEW came around. Yeah. I mean, it was looking bright only from the sense of like, if they stayed on course with the, what they had done with NXT and it actually trickled over into what they do on Raw and SmackDown, if they wouldn't right. have dropped the ball so badly, they might be set up great for their future right now where half the guys we're talking about that are currently in AEW are on Raw and they're main event level guys in good stories and having good matches, but just none of that ever wound up happening. So, yeah. um, so now they're in the position that they're in and AEW has got all the talent and WWE is, gonna have to develop their own talent and hope that the people that they've chosen can uh can fill the can check the boxes they're looking to check i don't know yeah it's uh it's a weird time but um real quick before we get out of here uh if you guys didn't check it out we did a live watch along on fightful uh with anderson silva and tito ortiz and vitor and evander holyfield um as a Tito fan, that was awful to see. Uh, I uh, never seen Tito get put out like that. Um, it, like I said, I, I more expected him to get peppered and to get finished with like a body shot or something. Cause when you've never seen someone just get knocked out cold like that, you just don't expect to see it. I knew that Anderson was just such at a different level though, but I felt more so like possibly like, Tito gets rocked, maybe stays down on a 10 count or something, but not like just out cold first 80 seconds of the freaking boxing match. But, um, and then the Evander Holyfield thing, I, I just think it was supposed to basically just end up being like a highlight reel for Vitor to try to set up a Jake Paul fight is really all it was. The fight should have never happen. I really wish it was Vitor and Oscar. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, and, you know, did you see that the Florida Commission changed it to where um, they don't actually count on official records or exhibitions? That's weak. It's so weak. Like, if, if that's what they agreed to up front, like, it shouldn't matter. I don't know. Whatever. The big argument is going to be that they should have never been commissioned to begin with. <laughs> so. No, I – I agree. I agree. But no, but that's, that's, that's lame as hell to like pull back on that. Like, even if it wasn't the fighters choosing, like the, the that's all, that's so weak. Like, cause that was a big part of, of the buildup for, uh, for when Holyfield took the fight, he was like, like he was weighing whether or not he should even take the fight. Cause he knew it was going to go on his record. Like, that was like yep. a part of it. Um, but whatever, the whole thing was yeah. a mess. Yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely, uh, I would say a miss for Triller. I mean, Anderson, though, Anderson looked great. I mean, like, he continues to look great in boxing, so at least there's that. No, for sure, for sure. And, I mean, I think with Vitor, it at least gets his name out there more so for the Jake Paul fight, if if that would happen. It doesn't sound like Jake Paul wants that. Sounds like Jake Paul really wants Masvidal. That's the fight he really wants. And then Ariel brought up Nate Diaz like he knows something. And then Jake Paul didn't want to talk about it. 
like he was just like i don't i don't want to jinx it ariel like let's let's go on See, something else that's that's like the ultimate matchup right there like that's yep. like because that's the one where like guaranteed nate diaz wins that one for mma and if yep. somehow jake paul wins that then like he deserve like he's gonna wind up getting like a title shot in boxing after that. Like yeah, you know. But did you see um there was something else about the uh about that? Oh um, I don't know how. The more that I lit, I think I heard Ariel talking about it actually about how it doesn't even make sense though that like Vitor and Triller were calling out Jake Paul because Jake's signed to Showtime still. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah. they can't even have that fight. I mean, I guess they could I mean, find like it, but like they they find ways. Like with uh, when it was Pacquiao and um, and Floyd Mayweather, Pacquiao was HBO and uh, Mayweather was Showtime. And like, if they really wanted to make the fight, they could. But it's like Jake said, Vitor isn't a big name. Like, yeah, he's a big name in in uh, as in like MMA, but like it doesn't draw a lot of interest. He's not he's not bigger than Anderson. Anderson's a bigger name than Vitor, and so he he's not really. Like I said, I think he wants Masvidal or Nate Diaz if he could, but I I don't I don't see Dana doing it. But I I don't know now. I mean, this is starting to make some serious money, and I and I I do think that if you were willing to do Mayweather and McGregor, then why not do a, a Diaz versus Paul or a Masvidal versus Paul? I completely agree, and I'm way more interested in seeing. Uh, Jake fight a uh, I mean I'd like to see him fight Anderson of course but I'm, I'm way more interested in like Nick or Nate Diaz fighting one of the I mean that's really the ultimate card would be Nick versus uh, Logan and Nate versus Jake on one show that they they do like I mean that'd be that'd legitimately be one of like the highest selling pay-per-views of all time probably as crazy as that well, is. And if you if you could pull it off do the Diaz brothers versus the Paul brothers. That's what I just said. Be, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, but like that would be I, I don't see how they could do anything bigger than that. Yeah, and then you could have Anderson on like on the card too. You could do Anderson and Vitor in boxing on that show. Like yeah, I mean big. I mean so like they have yeah, it's fun. Jim in the chat says, I hope you guys didn't pay for the free show fights. Um, luckily, we have uh, enough goodwill with these outlets to where, yeah, I don't, we don't have to pay for them, luckily. And we get to watch them yeah. completely legally. As a matter of fact, Jim, I got I actually made money to watch the fight because Fightful pays me to do the watch along. So, yeah, um, which, which makes sense because uh, <laughs> it was, a, it was, a, it was, a, it was a different <laughs> card. Yeah. Now, yeah, it's funny. Now it's, now, do you have interest in um, Fury versus Wilder? Um, not really, because I think Fury's gonna like beat him even worse this time. I don't know. Now, I will say the first fight was was pretty cool because like the Undertaker sit up and all yeah. that stuff. And I thought, and I liked Deontay Wilder a lot because I like the fact that he just throws like unconventional just power and like mm -hmm. ha like you have very little technique but like can get the job done on just like pure athleticism and power but the way that tyson fury pieced him up that second fight i feel like he'll come into it even more pissed off being like oh you're gonna you're, you're not gonna be able to blame uh your your suit of armor on this loss this time yeah. like, i'm gonna come out and beat the, beat your ass even worse so that's just how i feel about it. I, I i i would rather see them do anthony joshua and Tyson Fury just to finally unify those belts, but 
So, so my guess, I, I guess I would say it's like since you've been watching these freak show boxing fights, like, and you watched Anderson piece up um, Chavez Jr. Like, if you saw that, like, the top boxers are fighting, have you gotten enough interest in the sport to where you would actually want to watch it? It it completely depends on who it is. Like, I've watched a bit more of like Errol Spence. In the last couple yeah. of months and stuff like there are certain guys that i think um like uh would like Javante, terrence crawford terrence, terrence crawford, crawford and sean sean porter are fighting in november and sean porter he gave a really good fight to earl spence but lost but like that's about as good as it's gonna get for terrence crawford like he won't fight the top top guys been a lot of his bob arum and stuff but but yeah like at the end of the day i'm just curious if like these freak show fights the jake paul hype has it gained has it gained any like interest in actual boxing for you? Um, yeah, I I I I'd say so. Although I do get more excited for the free show fights than like the actual fights, as crazy as it is. Like I'm I'm more hyped up to watch. I mean, the the really really sad thing is when I watch these shows on like Fight TV or whatever. Sometimes <clears throat> I don't even know what I'm getting into. I just go in because like the main event is like Aaron Carter and Lamar Odom or whatever. But yeah. like these like YouTubers versus TikToker fights, the technique is god awful. Like these, these they all suck as fighters. Yeah. Almost all of them suck. But it's more entertaining of a fight usually than like the two super high level guys that don't do anything for twelve rounds. Right. Like so, it's it, I, as screwed up as it is to say like. I'd, I'd, I'd say I, I am more interested in the sport of boxing to watch as a fan just in general, but like I'm still more excited to watch freak show fights than I am to watch like the best of the best because the free show fights wind up being like more entertaining to actually watch, even though the technique is terrible. So yeah. um, that would be different if like the highest level, the highest level guys were like, for instance, if like instead of like twelve rounds or ten rounds or whatever, if it was like five rounds with, with the, like but like but like but they fought the whole time, yeah. like you know like that that'd be a more of a sweet spot for me. I don't like how they kind of coast usually the first like nine ten rounds or whatever, and then they start really picking it up, and then there's always a debate about the scorecards because somebody yep. wasn't doing a whole lot at the beginning. That nobody gets that. finished, all decisions. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, no, I feel you. I mean, like Earl Spence and Sean Porter was a fantastic fight. Like they really went to war. It was a great fight. So I'm hoping with Sean Porter and Terrence Crawford, it would be good. But like none of these are like, oh my god, I have to see. I mean, Tyson Fury and Wilder is going to be really good because the buildup is really good. Um, but yeah, it, here's the thing, like, just like AEW, there's only like, there's four pay-per-views a year. Like this is kind of how boxing is now. Boxing used to have a great fight once a month. And now it's like maybe four a year, if that, and then that's not even guaranteed that it's going to deliver or not. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. So, yeah. And I'm also seeing so in the chat, just real quick, I just want to throw this out. Yeah. Recipes to Norm McDonald. He, Norm's, oh yeah. Norm is one of, if not my absolute favorite stand-up comedians ever. That guy, I love dirty work, and that's like I loved his movies. I, the guy was his delivery and stuff, so funny, so dry. I would highly recommend yes. anybody who hasn't seen it watch the roast of Bob Saget by Norm Macdonald. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen because he goes up on stage and he intentionally bombs, like he like tells terrible jokes the whole time on purpose, and you can just see 
the comedians that are there realizing what he's doing and they're like crying. They're laughing so hard. Like that's what he was able to do. Like he can make the funniest people in the world. Like they all, like most comedians that you like will say their favorite comedian ever was, was Norm Donald. So like, yeah. um, so yeah, that was a big loss. I hate hearing that. Apparently he had struggled with cancer for like nine years and I, yeah. that's just rest in peace to Norm, man. That, that, that really sucks to hear that today. So. Yeah, it's so rare to have like a comedian with such a like dry sense of humor, but be like so good at it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was a uh, he. He was really like a one of a kind. He really sticks out. Like his style. There's there's not yeah. a lot of people like him. So hilarious. Yeah, rest in peace. Rest in peace, to Norm Macdonald. Yeah. And um, so, who do you guys got next week or this week? This week is Arizona. Oh, it's gonna be that's a tough one. Chandler Jones is Chandler Jones is looking unstoppable. He's definitely trying uh, to get that big contract because he wants yeah. out. Um, yeah, sense. I mean, Kirk. I think I think uh, Chris or uh, I know Christian Kirk obviously had a big game, but uh, Kyler Murray I think was probably like the best statistical quarterback last week of anybody. So like, so yeah, this, this is going to be. I mean, we're in for it probably. Yeah, we got the Chargers, so I mean, I yeah. don't think that's going to be an easy one either. They're uh, they're they're definitely tough. Um, Justin Herbert is a is a really good young quarterback, and yeah. um, they got good wide receivers. Our corner sucks, so that's going to be a problem. And uh, they got a pretty good defense, and our right tackles out because of a drug suspension. And Joey Bosa is going to eat our uh, backup right tackle alive. He's terrible. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's not, I'm not really looking forward to it, but we really need to win. I don't want to start 0 2, and I know you don't want to start 0 2 as well. So, yeah. Um, but we'll see. I mean, maybe the Titans, the Titans have a bad defense. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe it's, it's not going to be as bad as you, uh, think it will be. A lot of times, yeah. week one is a freak show. Like, week one is just like they haven't played, they're, they're not like, really set at what they're going to do yet. And you just want to get away with wins because it takes a while for the team to form to what you want it to be. For sure. And also, I mean, like the Vikings basically only lost. Well, for one, well, they had like 17 freaking penalties. It was insane. Yeah. Um, But like had Dalvin Cook not fumbled yep. in overtime, we probably win. Um, And then another thing that's like the big silver lining in all of this the entire NFC North lost this week. So, like, the Vikings, it's like... How much like, trash did Aaron Rodgers look last week? Dude, I think some of that's, like... Like, I know that's a conspiracy theory, but, like, I think he's mother-effing he's, he's that team hard. Oh, yeah. my God. Like, I'm not saying it's, like, completely on purpose, but I'm just saying, like, I, he looked real happy sitting on the bench with his feet up, being like, all right, y'all, this is what you got without me. Have fun with this. Like, you could... We, and I, I, we I don't figure know it it to me, what it looked like is a leader that doesn't want to be there and a team that doesn't like him. Like yeah, that's well, what it came across. Well, and Adams wants out. I mean, like they're gonna be in a that I and I you gotta love it. I love seeing it as a Vikings fan. This oh yeah, let it let it wreck. And then finally the Bears like they got Justin Fields and they want to stick with Andy Dalton and he threw an interception and he fumbled right off the bat, like just or strip sack. And he fumbled. And it's just like, dude, like, how long can you go on with this guy? Like, it's it's a joke. But yeah, whatever. Like, we had Andy Dalton. We have the we have, in my opinion, 
three best wide receivers in the league at together as a as a trio. It's pretty close. Yeah, I got you. But you know, anyways, yeah. <laughs> Andy Dalton, like he couldn't make anything out of that. Right. Like he he's he's a bad quarterback. Like I, what, what don't you get? And Justin Fields is mobile and he can make plays. Like stupid. But it's like you might as well just you throw him out there. Like I mean, sink or swim. Like why right. not? Right. Right. So, but yeah, I mean, once again, as as a Vikings fan, they'll let it. Yeah, leave leave Andy Dalton out there. <laughs> Do I was absolutely, I was absolutely thinking about you though when I was watching that Seattle Minnesota game. I was like, oh my god, I bet Steven's so mad when Dal- Dalvin Cook fumbled the ball. I was like, I bet you he's so pissed. Oh my god, yeah, the Cincinnati, this, yeah, 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 yeah that was. Because I literally, as you can imagine, I literally they handed the ball and I said, "Just don't fumble!" Like literally out loud, like just don't fumble. That's literally oh, the only bad thing that could happen right now is a fumble. And there was, and yeah. Dalvin Cook had had a good game up to that point. Like I mean, it's yeah. it's just one mistake at the worst time possible. Kirk Cousins played great. I mean, like they're the Vikings have a lot to be happy about. The problem is that all the penalties and Mike Zimmer looks like he is checked out. He's like, he's like one more loss from just like Lee, like resigning. I think, I think he just had it. Um, he looks like he's in terrible shape. Uh, like he just looks like he just has just given up on everything. Um, yeah. So yeah, well, and that happens. I mean, honestly, like, Coaches like the message just doesn't get sent once they're there for a long period of time. It's just they're over it and they want they need they need a new face in there. So yeah, luck. Unfortunately for the Vikings, our new face was uh is now coaching the Cleveland Browns and doing well. So yeah. Anyways, yeah, almost beat the Chiefs too. Yeah. All right, man. Well, that that wraps it up. Thanks for everybody for tuning in. Um, thanks for all the super chats. You guys are awesome. I really appreciate the support. If you haven't hit that like button, if you haven't, please subscribe, share this out. And, uh, yeah. Um, this week on dynamite, we have, um, Adam Cole making his in-ring debut against Kaz, which I mean, I don't love, but whatever, at least he's getting it, getting his, uh, ring debut going on. And then, uh, we also have Jay Gargell versus Layla Hirsch. And we have, um, we have uh, Moxley and Kingston versus uh, 2.0. And is Arthur Ashe the next week or the week after that? I think it's like the 22nd. So it's like the like so it, next, so it's week. next week. I think so. so. If, if Arthur Ashe is next week, then whatever else is going to be announced on that card will be announced. So it should be good. And as uh, Jay Hebert, who did our intro, says in the chat, he's looking forward to Kaz and, uh, and Daniels. I think he means Kaz I, and uh, – Adam Cole. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I am too. I mean, Kaz is still really damn solid. Like he'll, it'll, yeah. he'll make Adam Cole look really good. It'll be good first match for him. It was Christian's uh, first match. It's going to be Adam Cole's first match. Kaz is the guy that breaks him in. Good utility guy. Kaz. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah. And just for anyone watching this right now, I'll be going live on Thursday on Jesse Davin's YouTube channel. We're going to be talking uh, probably more big E stuff and whatever happens on dynamite. So, uh, so join us for that. That'll be this. Thursday. I have a feeling. I have a feeling you'll be talking at XT. Yeah, we'll say. Yeah, we'll we'll see what winds what we wind up talking about. We'll be going on at on Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern time. If you want to join us, that is YouTube.com/slash J E S S I D A V I N, 
And then, of course, I got the Fightful Select Weekender podcast every Sunday. Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com and listen to me talk about independent wrestling and get all the news that Sean drops and the Sour Graps podcast from Alex and all that stuff, too. So, Five yeah. bucks more, people. Five bucks. Well all spent. Right. All right, guys. Well, everybody have a good weekend. Enjoy Dynamite. Enjoy football. And enjoy all the things that are coming up. Rampage um, and GCW. So, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff this week, and uh, we'll be talking about it next week. So we'll catch you guys then. Yep. School Vikings.